when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Man of Steel again. Again, second time. Director's extended edition of Batman vs Superman. Oh, that's that seems like a big improvement to be. That was yes, the movie from what I've heard. Yeah. Well, I think it also breaks it into it's two ninety-minute movies really that are stacked back to back. Sure, double features. Yeah, and and so like that arc, that structure of it becomes much more apparent in the three-hour cut. Whereas right. like they definitely did, it's weird. The movies are bloated, but yeah. sometimes yet, you just can't do anything about it. Like like you're yeah. trying to pare it down. The ten minutes they saved off running time in places just make parts of it feel flat and incoherent. Yeah, right, um, right. That that is. I was trying to figure out for the Snyder cut where you would even cut it as like a halfway point if you wanted to do a like a a 2020 and then a 2021 release or whatever and there just isn't a place like the first half of that movie would feel flat because of the expectations of moviegoers who want a big climactic battle that feels exciting and feels like that sets the stage for the second film or whatever and i feel like bvs is very similar for sure i've only yeah. seen that extended version i i didn't see the theatrical cut so the theatrical cut is really really eager to get to the fucking batman versus superman fight which i understand from a marketing <laughs> standpoint why sure, sure. but it's not actually the narrative it is a side detour in yeah. the in, in the, the world of how what, what the political moment is post yeah. superman's arrival and destruction of most of metropolis and in, in the zod fight that stuff's interesting that stuff is like also, I guess the right the thing that I'd heard is missing is straight up the opening sequence where Superman gets like framed. Yeah, it's just they, not in the they build that out way clear, more clearly okay, as gotcha. to what all has happened. Um, oh, oh my! Oh, okay, we're having some, some Snyder talk. Right, <laughs> in, right into it. I'll let Rob say what he told me already. So I didn't watch the Snyder cut yet because obviously I had to go and refresh myself on Man of Steel mm-hmm. and watch mm-hmm. the director's cut of Batman versus Superman. I but just can't. Right. I just we 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 made this comment uh, uh, on the podcast, but we yeah. I was uh, you know a lot of conversation was happening about this in our Discord, and just Rob didn't just didn't want to disclose to everybody that he was also going on a Snyder journey, and you know <laughs> I wish I had known. It's very funny. Um, a journey. Yeah, into we the all Snyder go on our own. Yeah, we all go into the Snyderverse in different ways. <laughs> sure enough. I'm not going to lie. I really liked Man of Steel again. I was like, this movie's I, good. Yeah, I, was yeah, all right. Yeah. We, Austin and I came down on the, you know, there's some problems with the really first positive. two-thirds is all right. 
Yeah, I, I, I think. And even and the, I, even the the fight scene with Zod is like a good fight scene. I it's think just that like, fight scene's great. It just like ideologically ends like in a weird that, place. I even like that stuff. I just wish the rest of the film was aligned with it a little bit yeah. better. I wish that yeah. there had been a line drawn more clearly from from I keep saying this from one Superman to another one that like it feels <laughs> so much like there are different takes on what Superman is, and I think you can do that work. The movie just doesn't do it. And maybe that got cut. Maybe that got that that more the quiet. I don't know. The man of steel. We need. We, so now we need extended cuts for all the movies, so we can like really figure out. Yeah. The man of the, steel. The, the weird cut. thing is, like Snyder fixates sometimes on getting specific famous comic frames into yes, his totally uh, pictures, and that can be a problem because like sometimes that shot to get there requires totally tone totally shifting the the movie or. That's a famous frame in the context of an issue of a comic, but mm-hmm. like just throwing it in here uh, doesn't actually doesn't... do anything. Yeah, well, right. it's, like, it's it's also that David Goyer, who like wrote, worked with Nolan on the scripts for all the Batman movies, where it's like I have problems with Nolan, but Nolan seems to like recognize at times like all right, like I'm, I'm you know like Goyer's like very like dedicated to like just adapt straight adapting comic arcs and. Like then he gets paired with Snyder, who is just like, yeah, I'll just do that visually, and they just like both bring out like their worst impulses. Whereas like Nolan seemed to be able to like get away from that with the Batman movies that he worked with Goyer on. Goyer's a hack. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he works on just he, he's just like the quintessential like, hey, there's a comic movie. Like, yeah, better hire get, David get Goyer to write your uh, your screenplay that's not going to get made. Yeah. It um. I think the other thing that bugs me about Snyder is that he actually has a facility with two things. He's actually really good at small, quiet superhero moments and what it is to have superheroes just existing in the world. And he's really good with the like ridiculous over the top operatic stuff. He cannot bridge the two. Like the, like he, there's no rising action. There's no sense of the two scales existing together in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it just feels like man of steel is really good, really good, really good. And then you're into a pretty well executed like apocalyptic fight in Metropolis, but you're just in it. You're just in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just here now. And 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 I've now said this so many times, Rob. But the thing that's so strange to me about Man of Steel that sets it that that makes it a different take on Superman is that there is no Superman before there are the Kryptons on Earth or the the, the, the Kryptonians on Earth, right? That like yeah. for the for the consciousness of that world. There was not like Superman running around saving the day for years, and then the Kryptonians showed up and made them realize, oh my god, this guy's an alien. He shows up in in a wide-scale way after they show up and say, give us over our dude, and hand him over. And that, to me, recasts so much about that character and what the world's relationship to him would be, and yet the rest of BVS and 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 in in uh, Man, or, uh, uh, the Snyder Cut also want us to have traditional Superman who's been around and saving the day, saving cats from trees, helping people. People love Superman. People love Superman. And it's like, why? What? Like, yeah. He was like, well, he's like, like a weird Heroes Park who, exists in Batman right. versus Superman. Yes. And I was like, why would you make that statue? <laughs> right. Why did you make this creepy fascist sculpture of, <laughs> of Superman who only showed up to fuck up your city right. when the Kryptonians were here? Totally. And that stuff just feels so disjointed. And, and, 
I just wish there had been maybe what there needed to be was a fifth Superman in that movie. One one who yeah who bridged the the one who decided it was time to finally you know start doing things, and the one who d- the things that he does is snap necks and break buildings. The anyway, I'm excited for you to small see that. fit into all of this. Different different continuity. Or do you mean the location? Because it's in Man of Steel. It's a major location in Man <laughs> no, of Steel. I meant the TV show, but yeah. Yeah. But also, <laughs> like, like it's only in the, the Snyderverse that uh, Metropolis and Gotham are like San Francisco and Oakland, right? Like, is that that's not the case in the comics? Is that, that where they, they are in the in the, in not, the not not geographically, but I mean they like, like they are they are attached over the bay from each other. Yeah. Uh, there there are other adaptations that put them within spitting distance mm, in that way, okay. right? I, I, I always thought there? it was like a New, uh, like a New York, LA sort of like thing. They were like I always read them the as New York and Chicago uh, for some reason. New York, Chicago yeah. is yeah. is often what I thought of because because Smallville feel well. This is the thing that's weird, right? Is that like. Smallville is supposed to be within like, driving distance of Metropolis, right? Right. So that would that be the Chicago? Metropolis is the Chicago, right? You do not yeah, have to yeah, go very yeah. far outside of Chicago to get to farm country. <laughs> so I think the I think the real thing to, for me is that Metropolis and uh, Gotham City are both New York. It's right. just one yeah. is the New York the the day aspect and one is the night. Um, um, the, the, there have been plenty of things where it is like, um, it's almost like, what if one of them is, is new, is New York and one of them is like Newark or <laughs> they've definitely City, done that in the like comics. That, like Bloodhaven is definitely like, um, yeah. like outlying like Jersey Bergs. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, uh, anyway. Metropolis is Manhattan and. The bird. This is fun. We should do a clap and just come in. Give me a second. Robin's like, I'm going to go be a cop in a shitty outer borough. (laughs) Wait, the reason I wanted to do that was I just wanted to roll in. Kata, were you recording all that? Was everyone else recording all that? Yeah, I got got all that that conversations in there. I miss you. What's well, good, internet? <laughs> We're already talking. We've been talking. So now excited about you've been here. Yeah. About Does that mean we movies. don't have to do it again? Yeah, no, we, we don't, don't have to do, do shit again. again. All right, we'll keep God. it in. No, yeah, I'll figure good. out where to, you know, seamless. Just, just intro is gonna that yeah. close. And well, wait, what's well, good, okay, internet? Well, we do need a um, a progress. Uh, like, you, did you, you did you watch the whole thing, Austin? You're done. Oh, I'm done. Okay. I'm, I watched wow. the whole thing. Wait, wait, wait. And then yeah. I went back and watched the Whedon cut. See, I, 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 which I, is so, oh, dude, trash. I got, oh, I got trash. I got two parts in and was like, oh no, this isn't a four hour movie. This yeah. is gonna be a six a and series. a half hour movie yeah. because uh-huh. I need to go back. You have to yeah. watch back. because like, it's, I was like, I think I remember some of this stuff. I don't know. I was, like, I, mm-hmm. it's I've only seen half of it. The. I want to. Uh-huh. Rob hasn't seen it yet, so we yep. can't get oh. into it. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how active our energy just got? By the way, because we did the clap, and now like before we were just kind of talking, but now we've done the clap and we're like we activated Look. show mode, and now I'm yelling into my microphone. Um, I, they the amount of times in that movie that we didn't ADRs in a joke like the Patton Oswalt. I just used this on another podcast with the wackety schmackety do uh, uh, Patton Oswalt joke. <laughs> Where it'll be like, um, 
you know, uh, someone someone raises a gun and you get the shot from behind them instead of from in front of them. And from behind them, he could just have the dude go into a booth and be like, aren't you a weird person or whatever <laughs> to be like uh, to add some levity to a fight scene that does not need it. Like the Patrick, the bank scene at the beginning, the Wonder Woman bank scene yeah. has a bunch of jokes in it now that were that are not there. Oh. Either that, in the okay, script or shot. So you need to go back and laugh. <laughs> and then the, the biggest one, I will not spoil what the difference is, but you know the bit where Lois Lane says, you spoke? Yes. She says something completely different. It does okay. not match her mouth movements. All right. And it's <laughs> the funniest thing in the world. And the reason she has to say it is because it's not what she could not have said you spoke in the <laughs> Whedon cut because right. he'd already spoken because yeah. Whedon interjected other jokes before that. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. I cannot wait for you to go back. Oh. It is it is such a fascination. It is such a fun thing to like unpack the, the disaster that it is. <laughs> well, also because I like, wonder what degree. Is that Whedon being unable to help himself versus corporate is also there being like, hey, uh, people don't like these movies as much as this is not what we were hoping it would be. But the be. thing is, if that's the case, then it's Whedon not helping himself before by setting the standard for banter bullshit in Avengers. Also, just real quick, as always, fuck Joss Whedon. We should all be clear on that. Like, <laughs> I just want to make sure that the audience understands that we also understand that. Um, uh, but no, I think that's like, if that's the case, Rob, if, if corporate came down and was like, We'd really like this to be more like Avengers because we really want people to have. Well, they that, did. Snyder that has said explicitly, energy. like yes. once they started shooting Justice League and they had the full returns for BVS DOJ. This is before UE, right? Right. right pre UE. Right. Um, they, they were like, yeah, you know, people apparently we were really into the grim dark. The the these Marvel movies they just take like a D level character and it's a billion dollars and like your movie like didn't so you have the though you have A listers in this in these roles you have A listers as the characters and the money ain't there we we need yeah. we need the bits we need <laughs> the, the jokes God uh, someone know. at DC was probably probably. Yeah, I just feel like I feel like them tagging Whedon specifically in mm-hmm. was the rudest shit you could have done in that scenario because you were bringing. I think everyone no was kind interest. of like like his kid, you know, yeah. had passed. The movie was they were unwilling to move the release. This they, they Whedon was shooting his shit in March, and that movie was coming out in November, and they refused to move the date. So yeah. I, I'm not trying to give like give him an out, but it was one of those where like. They're like, I don't know, if we get the Avengers guy, maybe somebody will show up to watch this movie, <laughs> which is not like the worst calculation <laughs> to make. Um, but I think anyone was sort of like screwed. And he it just yeah. everyone was screwed. And it also turns out that like he was a creep and like just happened to be even worse because like the yeah. I, I was reminded that in the like first Steppenwolf uh, fight sequence, it's like, right. Whedon is the one that added the bit where Flash falls on Wonder Woman uncomfortably so and like makes a joke boobs. on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, right. That that wasn't in like Snyder's got his own problems, Dude, but like there's a not whole, that. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> that stuff in that movie. Anime accidental boob touch in the fucking. Yeah, there's an anime <laughs> accidental boob touch <laughs> in, the Weedon, in the Whedon cut. Um, <laughs> there's no. I mean, the biggest the biggest thing is like Ray Fisher got. Got absolutely is a, char- is a character in yeah. the Snyder cut. In the side, like, he's the character. He yeah, has it's, a it turns character out the arc. emotional core of the movie doesn't mean it's good, but like is no. the movie. <laughs> but instead, it's it's in in uh, the the Whedon cut. He just says booyah and is <laughs> oh no, like, Christ. yeah, dude. He yeah. Oh. And well, the thing that Ray Fisher said was like, no one else in this movie has a catchphrase. Like no one else does that. No one else does the thing that makes them feel like a cartoon character. But you want me to do the cartoon character shit. Fuck that. 
Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm excited, Rob, for you to see it. We have a, a honestly, like I had a way more fun weekend than I thought I would watching these <laughs> fucking movies. I will say this though, like. I would have watched an entire Man of Steel movie where the Kryptonians don't show up. Me and too. it's just him like coming to the realization about what he wants to do and who he is, just as he road trips across America doing good deeds and tries to figure it out. Well, have Zod that show up at the end. Would be amazing. Yeah. yeah, agreed. And and again, it would have leaned more into the the um the previews for that movie, the early teasers mm-hmm. for that movie that were like Terrence Malick's Man of Steel. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking I was like, you know what? All right, let's go. Let's touch the blades of grass. Become one with the uh, with with humanity in, in this transcendental way. It is, um, you know, his alienation from himself early on when he's struggling with his powers. Yeah. It is totally tree of life shit. Where, 100% like, is. Yeah. Yeah. I and I, it all works. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Jackson, uh, heads fall off on Twitter, who's also the co-host of the Great Gundam Project, Abnormal Mapping. We did a, we talked about this this movie yesterday because we couldn't do the Gundam podcast because our co-host was was uh, sick. Uh, and one of the things that they pointed out was that like there is a real autism like analogy happening there, in which it's about overstimulation, um, and that's like an interesting thing. And then of course the thing that happens is, you know, he solves it. His mom tells him how to not – it's fine. Don't worry about it, which, like, undercuts that analogy really a, a lot. Um, but I think taken as a broader analogy of, like, hey, it is hard to be in the world and we all have to develop techniques of, like, you know, existing among things that are painful to us. I wish that thing had – that had gotten more time because mm. that is that is one of the most compelling things about who Superman is. Is like, hey, we have – we have talents in this world. We have things that make us who we are. And also it can sometimes feel like the world is too much for any of us. Um, that is to me like one of the things that makes Superman so great. And that, and that Superman is supposed to be this character who, who elevates everything and everyone around him by being an example of how you can push through that to become, to, to connect to other people. Um, and, and unfortunately that isn't given enough when it's in the movie. It's, it's really nice. It's really good. I think he gets that part pretty well. So I don't know. Also, but the other half of that is man of steel is also a movie that says, um, Hey, great people can't be, can't be leashed by governments (laughs) and they're at their best when they're in communication with governments but basically specifically fly around and do what they want yeah specifically the u.s government you're right you're right it is specifically the u.s government which like i don't i trust the skepticism on the u.s government yes like the entire thing is weird because i think to an extent i think i think these films don't really know what they think is a really important thing like uh batman versus superman opens on like Superman reckoning with a world where the country that he's a part of, the United States, wages open-ended war yes. under murky circumstances. It opens with a drone strike in the Snyder extended edition yep. of that movie. And a lot of the opening act of that movie is Superman not really knowing like where he fits in this world or what he's supposed to do. And so the notion that this government is holding him to account and being like, I'm sorry, you have to be subject to the will of the people. I think to an extent, it starts from a position of one, Superman is kind of a living God and isn't subject in that way. And two, I don't know that your government is the place to subject himself to. And that's a tough, but, but well, and on also, top of that, Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne are regular people who are also outside the, the realm of law because of being super rich. Corporations have evaded 
government control as effectively, if not more effectively than Superman. You know, Lex Luthor is not being brought to 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 Washington D.C. to stand trial the way Superman is. He's There's being no brought about as raising a taxes on Bruce Wayne during right uh, <laughs> exactly right. Like Bruce, the best line in Justice League is is probably like when Flash asks him like what exactly like I don't you're Batman but like what's your whole thing? He's like, I'm rich and like it's a it's a good line. It's true and <laughs> it's true. Anyway, Rob. But yeah, but the movie also then wants us to know like when does the world know Superman's good? It's when he wins the respect of the troops in yeah. Smallville, uh-huh. where <laughs> yeah. that one general's like, this man is not our enemy. Yeah. And, remember, and he's like, thank you, general. And like, they don't salute, but like, they kind <laughs> of salute. Thank you, general SVU. Uh- <laughs> but, but then at the end of uh, Batman vs. Superman, they even kind of lampshade it where uh, Bruce comments at the funeral in Smallville. He's like, you know, the real funeral's here and they're worshiping an empty coffin back in uh back in Washington and Wonder Woman just remarks they don't know how to honor him except as a soldier which is a great line about just heroism and the American psyche but it is not a line that like the movie ha- the 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 films the Snyder's making haven't completed that realization or that analogy because they're also doing that in the way they depict Superman's strengths, yes. right? They also don't know how to honor him except as a soldier who destroys buildings and fights people in the desert. I mean, it's also true for, for Batman in many ways, right? The highlights of, of the Batman storytelling in, in all of these movies, it, it, or not storytelling, but like the depiction of who Batman is, is probably that fight scene at towards the end of Batman v Superman, I mean, it's both of the it's both of the the Batman focused fight scenes in Batman v Superman. It's the one in which he's taking taking on Clark, and it's the one after that where he's in a warehouse of people trying to to save an important person. Um, and both of those are like, oh, okay, this is they could have Zach could have made a a fucking Batman movie and would have gotten the action sequences right. He understands that Batman is about about you know uh, this style of preparation, this style of uh, invoking fear and it didn't show up anywhere else in that movie until those moments um and and in both of those cases it's like there's parts of those characters missing for batman we don't get we i guess we get a little bit of the detective stuff when he's bruce wayne like going to the party and and sneaking around but we don't get that sense that that he is like any more intelligent than other characters who are doing very similar work in both of those films and then in and then in 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 for Superman's case, it's the same thing of like it goes back to what you said before, the scale between stopping a dude in a bar and stopping an alien invasion is there's a huge gap in between it. <laughs> I wish we'd gotten a little bit of seeing him use his powers in that middle space in some way ever in these movies. And we just don't. We don't I guess that's not true. There's one scene in BVS where he like flies down to a different country to Save people oh, yeah, from no. the flood. This is one right? good deed. So just, just yeah. we're reminded what Superman being in the world is. Uh, there is a factory <laughs> fire fire in Juarez, right? On the day, de- and it's going to interrupt the Day of the Dead celebrations. Dios mio! Oh. Uh, and so he goes he, down like, there on the news, and right? he just like people- stumbles into seeing it on the news. It's not like he was tuned in. No, yeah. he, he sees it on the news in the kitchen because the <sighs> kitchen workers have it. Tuned right, of to like the yeah, Spanish yeah, yeah. language TV channel, so it goes yeah. down to uh, to Mexico, and we just get a shot of him pulling somebody out of a fire of a burning building against the foreground of dudes in like uh, big cowboy hats and sombreros, <laughs> and like 
Yeah. It's. Did it have to be the day of the? Did it have to be the day of the dead? <laughs> I think that's just a you know Hollywood rule. Couldn't couldn't you just gone Mexico, down like gonna I think Factory Fire in Mexico probably are good. You could probably just <laughs> I would good, say solid just go no, down there. No, but he needs the visual, right? Like the I fact know, that it's uh-huh. Day of the Dead gives him the the aesthetic spectacle because right, you can have right. the festival atmosphere. Like no, it's like, like the it, church. It's like having the Jesus uh, uh, stained glass in the church. Yeah, it's always got to uh, be like, like yeah. well, it could have been this. Yeah, dial it up. Dial it up. Anyway, Rob, I'm excited for you to get to the Snyder Cut. Oh, last thing. Patrick. Michael Shannon. Oh, oh yeah. Just great. No, Incredible. No just the <laughs> seething rage, but also deep sadness and grief oh. in every scene. He is so fucking good in that movie. Like somehow humanizing scenes where most of what he's doing is leveling a city to the ground with his laser eyes and his super strength. And you're yeah. still like, damn, he's really going through it. <laughs> yeah, he said when someone should talk to oh, all his friends are dead. Every it's it. He's deeply alone. His his loneliness is felt so much more than Clark's in in that film, uh, which is uh, which is right, right? Because Clark has people. He just doesn't he doesn't necessarily understand that he has people yet. Um, go watch also um, go watch Michael Shannon uh, Midnight Special. People okay. slept in that movie. It's like the best Spielberg esque movie directed by Jeff Nichols. Did a bunch of good movies, and he, Michael Shannon is tremendous in that. I will. I, I'm on board. I'm ready. I just want to say Fishburne, also great, great Perry, mm-hmm. great, great, good EIC energy as, as a former EIC and not, not <laughs> of, a, of a newspaper. But I'm going to say I think he nails it. I think he's uh, he's aggressive in all the right ways. He brings the best out of his people. He yells a lot, which is I didn't do a lot of that, but maybe I should have. I don't know. <laughs> he's like, stop, stop chasing this. This bat yeah. thing, and he and he, he's like, I looked into like your Dropbox, and like I'm looking for the copy from the volleyball game, and there's nothing it's there. Nothing. There's nothing there. The the scene in Batman vs Superman where he brandishes the layout with the blank where the story exactly, is supposed yeah. to be the it's Clark so just hit funny. me in my gut. I was like, okay, somebody on the script <laughs> or like Snyder worked like did some J school shit or like uh-huh. the newspaper because like that like we had the layout locked. And no fucking copy. <laughs> and no fucking copy. There's nothing here on any parties in Gotham. There's nothing here on the football game. It's so funny. Oh, I love the football game. The football oh. game where the Gotham just fucking eats shit and <laughs> Metropolis just runs up the score. Oh, it's very funny. Anyway, I, you know, it's been a fun journey. Uh, let me talk about a video game really quick. Batman Arkham Origins. <laughs> I put... Five hours into maybe more. It was actually more wow. than that. Maybe I, I played I, the first act of that game. So that's the one Arkham game I've not played. Well, because people, coming, people of like, right. the that game came out. The, yes. the the word on it was pretty down. Like, oh, WB Montreal made this. This isn't mm-hmm. you know as good as the the ones uh, made by uh, what's the Rocksteady. 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 Yeah. Um, and then in the intervening years, there's just been a drumbeat of like do doom do doom do doom do doom. Like, yo, Orange is actually. Pretty good. It's and actually good. probably <laughs> like then there's like people who go further. That's like actually the only good one that Rocksteady made was the first one, and the best <laughs> one after that is Origins. And Rob is doing <laughs> Rob's a little bit doing of, a lot of gesturing right now. Rob, <laughs> I mean that was basically I, when I was playing Origins. Uh, I was like, this feels great, and <laughs> it's doing a lot of like year zero type stuff or year one type mm, stuff where yeah. it's like okay. Batman exists. People kind of know he exists and they know he's out there, but they don't fully realize what's happening. And yeah. a lot of the major characters have not established them. Like Penguin exists in this in-between space where he's like not quite the Penguin, but he's also more than just a crime lord. 
And I think it plays in that space really, really well. And I also think it's really smart to every one of these games had a problem to solve, which is how do you isolate Batman from the city? Mm -hmm. And Arkham Asylum solves it by just setting on an Arkham Island. Uh, And so Gotham is a hypothetical place that lives in the skybox. After that, it gets real rough where like Arkham City is like, yeah, so they they turned <laughs> yeah. the city. They evacuated into a, everyone, I guess. And mm-hmm. so there's no one turned here. downtown to a new prison. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's how they roll. Um and then the third one, they evacuate everybody because uh the the big uh, like uh terrorist attack is about to happen. Um but yeah, so I, I think Arkham Origins also has a more satisfactory answer to this. It goes the Max Payne route, where yeah. it's just a heavy blizzard. And there's nothing particularly wild happening in Gotham. It's just one really intense night of all the crime-fighting devils are coming out to play. Also, it's Christmas Eve, which means they get to do the fucking Shane Black thing of just, like, having Christmas decorations everywhere and, uh, you know, uh, conveniently playing certain Christmas carols at certain points. Um, I got to a big, like, character reveal uh, uh, is where I'm at. I'm at the end of Act 1, which is, like... Um, this is a game in which in which Batman there 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 is a fifty million dollar bounty out on Batman's head that was put on him by Black Mask, uh, but also it seems as if Black Mask has gone missing or something strange has happened. You find a body in his in his bedroom, and the kind of first act is investigating that, or maybe it's the second act, depending on what type of act structure you're talking about. Um, and and you you solve that that question: what happened to to Black Mask? A new character is revealed as as a primary antagonist. And uh, the fucking bells, the Carol of the Bells starts playing. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'm here for it. Let's go. Give me a Christmas themed. Give me more video games set during particular times of the year and like holidays. And I, that stuff is so underused in 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 games. Batman, um, the long Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, that is that is what it is. Great. Uh, there's a moment early on where. Uh, you're going to it's it's right before this actually, uh, and where where Alfred calls you and he's like, "Sir, I just wanted to say, the clock just ticked over to midnight. Merry Christmas!" And you're like, "Merry Christmas, Alfred!" And it's like, "Yeah, all right, sick. Like Great. that's awesome. I'm down." Um, I do still feel like I don't believe it that the people in Gotham would be would all just stay inside during the blizzard. I live in Gotham. Not everybody stays inside during no, the blizzard. It's, it's not like yeah, it's the yeah. first. If this is a place that's been hit by winter before, we're not like right. talking like ah, it snowed in Atlanta and like nobody knows what to do. Um, right. I mean, like, it's supposed to be like a. It's like a storm in the a historically situation. bad. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's, it's a, like a. It's a most a cold people snap would too, st- so no yeah. one wants to go outside. Totally, I believe that would be most people. But on Christmas Eve, I guarantee. You people are out there walking down the street to try to go into like oh I'm just gonna go one block away I'm just we're gonna do a Christmas Eve thing or or like running out to to I guess all the stores are supposed to be closed which is that's I, that that'll do it and it's late it's late at night but you know I've I've looked out this window right here and seen plenty of people in the wildest blizzard you've ever seen <laughs> walking places because they have to go to work because someone's like there need to be MTA workers out there still somehow there need to be you know people should be out there and also people uh, going I, fuck it I know I shouldn't be doing this but totally. like I, just don't stop me <laughs> don't stop me news crews out there like you know there's there's people should be people on the street here or there I think um, probably the, the time the third or fourth news report comes out though about like <laughs> 
an entire <laughs> platoon of police just being gunned down in yeah, a massive. Okay. I think at that point I'm like, you know, I'm gonna stay yeah. in. I'm gonna stay in. I'm gonna stay, yeah. Uh-huh. Deck the halls. You got this, Bats? Um, yeah. <laughs> so that stuff is fun. It's fun. It's 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 uh, I will say the thing that it doesn't feel compared to especially Arkham City is bloated. Like there is – I don't feel overwhelmed with stuff to do. There's still a lot. There's still a lot on that map, um, especially as you get deeper into it and you unlock more like more side activities. Um, but it would be totally possible to be like, all right, I'm going to clear up the 10 Riddler trophies in each of these five sectors or whatever. That's a lot, but 10 is manageable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think by the time you get to Arkham City, there it felt like there were just a thousandth of the fucking things. Yeah. It was not man, and they weren't on the map in the way that most of these are. Um, or I guess the the puzzles aren't, but the boxes are. Anyway, um, Arkham I'm City not- breaks my heart. Like it will yeah. never. Like you could never yeah. have convinced me after playing Arkham Asylum that I would not be, like live and die for the series. I like you. Like after I finished Arkham Asylum, I was like, this is going to be amazing. They nailed it. They've got it all figured out. And then Arkham City came out, and I was like. Oh, so you just had to make it an open world type thing for mm. some reason, and everybody is in there now. It's it's yeah. got the um, you know, how, like the big team up crossover episodes. Like fully, more than half the time are actually the worst ones because the villains are most interesting in isolation. Yeah, because 100%. they're like the yeah they're they're analyses of theme, and when you throw them all in there, it's like okay, well, here's here's uh. God, Mr. Here's Mr. Freeze Zone. He's in the morgue. He's created his little ice palace. Yes. Uh, okay, go fight him. Here, Joker round one. Go. What's that fight about? You know what I mean? Like that's one of the things mm-hmm. that's so that's so difficult about the about Arkham Arkham City and Arkham Knight in terms of doing that kind of like mix of, of villains is in the comics, in in good adaptations, superhero villains, like you said, are about themes and they have a space where every encounter is about something. But that fucking fight in in the Mr. Freeze takeover of the police station and city is just about fighting a guy who has ice powers. That's what that <laughs> fight's about. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not saying that uh, that Origins fixes that problem entirely. Like it is a there is the thing of like there are 10 assassins out to get you. Um, but so far, those encounters with those assassins have had the space to be like a little a little interesting in terms of like what is what is what is the meaning making happening here? Right. Um, you you fight the electric the electrocutioner early on and knock him out in a single punch, which is like, OK, this is about who Batman is. This is about like <laughs> Batman is tried and tested. He's not just you can't just be any gimmick having, you know, bad guy and and do some damage to him. Um but then very soon after that you have your first first fight with Slade with Deathstroke. Um and that fight is like fighting Batman, right? The whole it's thing is like fight fighting Batman fight. who it's a really cool fight. Uh it's fighting Batman who who doesn't have uh the the kind of uh dislike of using lethal weapons. Um I will not say who doesn't kill people because this <laughs> Batman definitely kill I it, the the one lesson of the Arkham series has been there is no such thing as a Batman who doesn't kill people. <laughs> These motherfuckers get killed all the time. But he doesn't use a sword or guns or anything like that. So, you know. Um, anyway, I yeah, it's 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 been fun to dip into that stuff. Uh, again, propelled by revisiting DC shit. Kato? 440 Riddler trophies in fucking Arkham City. Like, Jesus Christ. Oh God. <laughs> Are there more in – here's the real question. Are there more in Arkham Knight? I bet you there's more in Arkham Knight. Fuck. 
Well, there's not. Yeah, there's not. There's not a world where there's less. No. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, I can't say that there's more, but I can tell you there's not less. That's not usually the direction this stuff goes. Maybe they took that because I just remember just they were they were everywhere. Well, and the car, right? Arkham Knight added the car. Yep. Which I'd forgotten about Mm, the tank. Really, the tank. The yeah. (laughs) Speaking of. I'm a Batman. I, I, I ain't people. killing all these criminals, but I sure am shooting them with some powerful pellets as yeah. I make my way through Gotham. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a big armor-piercing stun ray. <laughs> Huge, high-explosive concussion. Wait, according blast. to this, there's only 179 in night. Okay. Uh, you know, that, that, that's, yeah, that's 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 a good. That's a, that's much better. Yeah. You know. Shout outs. Maybe there were more <laughs> other stuff too. Yeah, but, I think there were know. other collectibles. Well, they just delayed. Uh, that's that team's. Uh, I'm sure that team's has changed a lot. Arkham Origins came out a long time ago, and yeah. WB Metropolis had a lot of canceled projects uh, along the way. One of which I think they were working on Suicide Squad until they weren't, and then now Rocksteady is working on Suicide Squad. Um, but yeah, there's no gameplay for Suicide Squad, but there was for. No, the if you watch that trailer though, the trailer is like cut to suggest that mechanics. Um, yeah, um, yeah. The, it, and my guess is the reason they went with that over. Justice League is just it was easier to have grounded characters that you can build game mechanics out of. But yeah, uh, yeah, I I keep thinking about there were the rumors years ago of like, oh, they're making a Superman game and it would be so in my mind, the way that that ends up coming out is someone goes like, so you're making a Superman game? And they're like, you could say that. And the answer is like, yeah, Superman's in our game and you're going to fucking kill him. Uh, um uh, but I have yeah, no doubt I, that they prototyped and like, yeah, you sure. know, put, put games Definitely. like a Superman game into pre-production because it's too obvious. But um, yeah, there are a lot of game design issues with Superman as a as a character. He makes more sense as a villain. I I still am very I'm very like I have a fondness for the Superman Returns game that came out on Xbox 360 and PS3. It's not a good game, but it's but they it, tried. I, they tried the the thing of making Metropolis is health your health bar mm-hmm. is like you know that's not a, i i don't think that that gets greenlit today you know, you know no, what i mean de- de- no that was probably idea. in one of these pre-production uh next you know superman yeah. games and then they just go ah eh. yeah the way you make a superman game life is strange smallville life is strange smallville <laughs> wow wow Cotto, you got to make some people money that Shit. sounds good that does sounds sound good, good. <laughs> Yeah, Damn. you don't. He doesn't have all of his powers. Right. You know what I mean. But you, you get them at throughout the course of play, and you can solve puzzles with them. But mostly, it's about your connection to the people in town. Yeah, totally. Your family. Like, the powers <laughs> also make more sense instead of don't nod. Just like he, like yeah, well, we're telling us don't worry about it. Pacific Northwest story. <laughs> yeah. Got to spin the wheel of uh, superpowers. Which one empathy. is in this game? We're gonna make an empathy uh, game with empathy power. And I don't mean to dunk. I love. I like to very degrees all of all of their games. Life Strange <laughs> yes. Two, like highly underrated, and uh, God, I'm really was. looking forward to to the new one. Yeah, as more time goes on, I get angrier about the. Life is I forget the things too. I didn't like about <laughs> Life is Strange Two, and instead just lean on the motherfuckers who didn't play Life is Strange Two and get more upset about that. Sinking into my chair. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Also, did you uh, when they dropped um, for people who hadn't seen it, they announced Life is Strange Three obsessively. But what is it called again? Uh, well, oh. tw- uh, colors, true colors, true colors, true colors. Uh, is it gonna? Is there also gonna be a Life is Strange three? Is the question because mm-hmm. it's from the team that made Before the Storm. So, right. in, well, so tr- I wouldn't be. Uh, so, like, th- things are interesting because, like, don't uh, don't nod got invested by 
uh, ten cent, right? Like oh, they got okay. a big external in- investment, so I-, I wouldn't be shocked if they don't work on Life is Strange anymore. They don't own right. that IP. Uh, Square. Oh, Square uh, does. does. Um, right. Right. Which uh, is why I was at the Square event that happened. Right. Yeah, and it seemed like what was being set up in the past was that uh, it takes you know two or three years to build these games that. Um, Deck Nine um, was going to be like, mm-hmm. hey, like the alternate year, like so you can have Life is Strange games more often. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not saying this with with confidence. Don't don't write a headline uh, about this, but I, my guess <laughs> is that they're not going to work on those games. But they'll still make games of that type. They'll just be yeah. something something else. But Before the Storm was un- like underrated as well. I there are some really really strong sequences in Before the Storm, and it has an incredible soundtrack. And the way that the that that announcement went, there was me- multiple mentions of like this. You can hop in in this one, if, even if you haven't played any of the yeah. others. It's all coming out at once. There was a lot of like messaging around, like this is could technically have been three, but they don't want that sort of like the idea of like oh I have to play the other two, which is right. Not it's sure. also epi- mm. it's also episodic. They give right. you you huh. can almost you can almost see like the 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 the, the mentality change as Life is Strange two was played by yep. nobody relative to Life is Strange 1, <sighs> um, uh, in which they, and I actually, I think this, I, this is also, hmm, full circle. Like, one of the things I like about the Snyder Cut is that it's episodic. <laughs> I like when I get part four me and, and, me, really and me and Katie go, cool, we're done for the night. We're like, done for the we'll, night. We'll, we'll come we'll back. We'll watch, you know, later this week. I, I really, I like that about it. Um, and uh, in this one, they give you the option of, look, you can just boot the game up and everything is available. We'll never stop you. Or you can play it in episodic chunks where there'll be natural moments where you can just take a break or walk away. And I am absolutely going to play it in that mode because that like, it, mm-hmm. you know, it fits better for my life. But I also, I don't know. That's neat. That's like, a, that's a neat way of, mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll do that in the future where they'll be like, all right, we're never doing episodic again. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just dish that format. But there's also, you know, for storytelling like that, there is, there is an advantage to there being like ups and downs that like from the storytelling perspective that come from being thinking of an episodic terms as opposed to having to crescendo over the course of a 12 hour experience or whatever. Yeah. Whatever right, it ends yeah up being. Totally. Um, but yeah, that game looks um, good. I, yeah. I'm, I'm curious I'm about it. For that. There's, there seems like, uh, you know, it, it is, it is very much, Leaning all the way into the kind of twee aesthetic that those games have always like. Oh, yeah. as soon as I, I was like, I, I, I had, the, the trailer starts. I'm like, where's that? Where's the haunting? Uh, uh-huh. uh fucking whatever that. It, it's always the same guy, uh, like doing the the, the vocals. Um, <laughs> I guess it was, it, I guess the the one that was about the uh, abused kid was that was Suffian Stevens, but it's always in that like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that model. You, I yeah, mean, this yeah. time we got straight up a cover of. Uh, an in-universe cover of "Creep" by Radiohead uh, in the in the extended. <laughs> that wasn't in like the trailer, but it was in like the post-trailer, like ah. talk about like gameplay showcase, basically. Well, they hired a musician um, this time. Creep the Mad yeah, World, exactly. The the horseman of the gravitas. Was <laughs> <laughs> um, the last time we got a Mad World though? I feel like it's, it's been, been like that, that. Like. Gears of War was like uh, a Mad tight. World died suddenly and unexpectedly <laughs> during an episode <laughs> okay. of Riverdale. <laughs> That's uh, right. In which, Fuck. in which Betty Cooper decides to welcome Jughead's dad back from prison by doing a sexy striptease Mad World cover <laughs> at his biker bar, and this is to make Jughead happy, and it does not. Huh? God, that show. Weird. 
I'm back on that show. I heard they did the time jump. I heard oh I, saw, I saw the trailer. Yeah. I saw I saw a war scene at a football field and said, I'm not watching this, but I'm happy for other people. <laughs> I have to like I, I need to get back in because uh, I ground to a halt sometime around the time that um, Jughead stumbled onto the dark secret behind <laughs> every season. It's like, what's the dark secret? Yeah. What's yeah, the yeah, yeah. Their, yeah, the dark secret behind their version of the Hardy Boys? Uh, mm, yeah. I was like, I need to see the end, the end of this. God, I should start watching Riverdale again. Yeah, I was happy good. when I was watching Riverdale. It's fun. Just so you know, um, the end of season four gets cut off early. It's fucking weird. It, the first three episodes of season five are the actual end of that season. Because of COVID? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. I'm glad they did and that. Then instead then of the, a time um, and then there's a time jump. And then there's a time jump. And then the real season five begins. You can tell it's Rob, pretty I, obvious where the cutoff is, was okay. supposed to have been. But just heads up if you're coming back into this. It's... That's good a whole fucking thing. I'm so far back. I'm like in season. I'm in. I'm in season the D and D season. Oh my um, god! Yeah, I have not watched in years. Wow, Kyle, Rob, there's Kyle's so like insult, much. Like insulting. Just, no, it's just oh, like the D and D season. No, <laughs> me, me, and my wife just watched the from the D and D season up to now in like the past like month and a half or whatever. So it that just feels like forever ago at this yeah. point. See, what I, love, I look into this call and I see people who are thriving. <laughs> 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 Snyder Cut, Arkham Origins. We're free from the shackles, baby. Yeah. No new releases. I don't need to play, that, play anything new. A vaccine and, and, video, and no video and games. No <laughs> old video games only. No new friends. No new friends. No, no, no. Uh, Riverdale time. Um, Rob, you're right. That Blacklist season finale is still on my mind. Uh, the one that they use like pre-viz... Uh, CG to fill in all the gaps. Oh. Incredible. Incredible. Um, I, I never watched it. Also, I didn't know that that show had gone for so many seasons. It's unreal. Like the amount of money they spent on it in the early days, too. Uh, it's ridiculous. And yeah, their last season finale looked like uh, Deadly Premonition or Dark Dreams Don't Die or something like that. Like that's the whole episode looked. It was just like, well, we got something special for you here because of COVID. It looks very, it looks, people should look at it as a season seven blacklist finale. Kind of, <laughs> uh, you know, it almost has like a low rent telltale vibe even mm, here and there. That too. Um, but, but, whew. Uh, the funniest thing is it was mixed in. It was live action and then certain scenes were animated, which right. is even weirder than the wow. whole thing being animated. Wow. Love it. And there's no, there's no conceit. It's not like, I don't think that there's like a reason for the <laughs> For the animation, you know what I mean? In the Red's world, in a coma like, and right. is dreaming, dreaming. what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> how we end up uh, Tommy West following the entire blacklist. Oh, that'd be very funny. Yeah. Uh, um, we should take a break because we've now this even though we haven't gone for a long time, we have gone for a long time. So let's take a quick break. We talk about other stuff that's maybe more relevant than old Riverdale <laughs> or old Zack Snyder movies or whatever else who's gonna stop us eight year ten year old batman games whatever it is now i mean, like six right mm, anyway let's take that break <laughs> hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we are back. Anyone play anything more relevant than the shit the shit I did? <laughs> Evil within one, baby. Oh my god. <sighs> Look, I guess I guess I can't I can't fault you for that because they didn't like 20 games yeah. on Game Pass for Bethesda, but not Evil Within 2. And I like it was it was the day they, that, they the day that sure I people, said people need to experience the Evil Within 2 the way it is meant to be experienced right. as a sequel to the original game. It's just trying to protect your experience. Not that I'm sure that's an experience to protect. Uh, <laughs> I told I told you. I tried I'm not really digging it. Um It's as if Shinji Mikami was like, I made was the designer of Resident Evil 4. And then with Evil Within, he said, and nothing has happened since that game came out. <laughs> Time to make my sequel to Resident Evil 4. Mm. And it feels like a game. Like it, it's Resident Evil Four, but darker, more violent. But it is mm-hmm. it is that game without any acknowledgement of like the the history and legacy of it and how it like redefined like a lot of like third person action right, survival sure. horror games. It, it feels it's a it's a shinier, archaic, more violent re re four, which is what it felt at the time, and I'm sure I'm sure it feels more acutely, uh, you know, eight <laughs> years later or whatever it is. And and the thing is like. Now, I love creepy gothic mental hospital horror. Yep. I'm all here for that. Is it problematic? Of course. <laughs> but is it a problematic like it is a Rob setting? is here to acknowledge the problems, but also to be here. <laughs> yeah. But the problem, like it's just it's inert here. That's yeah. what's like all these tropes are coming out, and it's like, oh, these are just stock tropes. And that's how they feel. It's a weird thing. Like you can have a thing that feels like classic and familiar, but also still like terrifying, or you can have it where it just feels like it came out of a prop room somewhere. And that's kind of how a lot of evil within feels where it's like, Oh man, but you know, imagine this mental hospital, but fucked up (laughs) and like bodies hang from meat hooks, huh? Pretty creepy. And it's just, it's so cliche. It's, it, it feels like, it's, it feels like you've gotten in the car and it's like, let's get on the highway and go find a haunted house. And ooh. it's like something that's, you know, they, the ones they set up like in the farm fields in the middle of nowhere yes. where they just like, they're just, they just buy things at the, the, the Halloween shop after it's closed and they just, they put all those up. <laughs> that's what Evil Within One kind they of introduce like. the shooting mechanic by replaying the Resident Evil One introduction of the zombie, but it's just set in a fucking shed in a field. Like just like you said, literally, it's like, hey, remember, remember the unforgettable <laughs> moment where you first encounter a zombie in Resident Evil? Uh, we're doing that, but it's just in this open shed uh, in this field, <laughs> and also tutorial boxes are gonna come up in the middle of it to tell you how to shoot this guy in the face. Um, yeah, he's a zombie, by the way. Shoot him in the face. Uh, but he was eating that guy's brains. Whoa. <laughs> and so uh, it's it's rough. Um, I guess the thing that it does have going for it is it is so not scary that I'm like, oh, I play more of this. <laughs> like, I'm just, oh, something I'm, I'm, I might love, but I kind of hate 
your character has so much momentum and mass. He controls so horribly. I can't. He's constantly stumbling into traps because he lurches to a halt or he's like getting his ass kicked by zombies because he like haymakers through and just whiffs <laughs> and then just stumbles around. And I'm like, turn around, you sack of shit. Like you, you'd be on your game. But he's like, I'm not a video game character. I'm a man with human frailties <laughs> and maybe a little bit of a gut. I get winded oh. uh, and I don't have good balance. And I'm like, you know, same. And so I have rarely felt like this connected to a character where he's just like, I'm going to hit the zombie as hard as I can. And I'm like, you go for it. Oh, you mm-hmm. missed. It didn't Ooh, work that's out. Not good. Mm. That's not good, huh? I'm out of ideas. What about you? Don't have them. Great. And so that does work for me um, is that, hey, your character feels shitty and a little bit inept in the clutch in a way that video game characters never do. But it does make some of these moments a little more little more high pressure because it's not like I'm just going to strafe and backpedal and like get myself out of this. Mm. You get wrong footed in this. You are literally wrong footed and you're in deep shit. Does it still have the black bars? Um, I forgot about I that. am playing with the black bars. What? So, I forgot about the this. <laughs> so when Evil Within came out, there was a big to do because it has widescreen, you know, 16 by nine, like cinematic. It was pitched as, uh, this is uh, cinema. Like, this mm. is why you're playing. It seemed fairly obvious that the game had technical issues and, mm. like, one of the ways for them to solve that was to have less visual image on the screen. <laughs> um, they never said that, but it that game didn't run well when it came out. It's probably, you're brute forcing it to, you know, where it's running better just through the, you know, age of, or, you know, the new graphics. <laughs> no, no, yeah, okay. It's only... Um, <laughs> I would not describe it as silky. Uh, It was not at the time either. The textures are a little bit gnarly in places. Uh, So I was curious if they'd like change that. I know that like patch. It was like a whole thing when it came out because people just kept saying like, so this game runs like shit and it has, but this game is just on opto, you know? So I wasn't sure if they'd altered that in the, the re-release of, of this on game pass. Yeah. It seems, uh, Fine, but not impressive. Yeah. And it is a pretty ugly game. Um, And not just because like aesthetic choices they made, but just like certain things don't resolve quite right. Um, And so they look kind of weird more than I think also you have you have graphical artifacting, but also possibly a layer of fake film grain that Mm. just makes things look terrible yeah um like first generation digital cameras being shot in low light like that kind of bad uh but not in a way that's evocative (laughs) yeah that wasn't on purpose was it like going for (laughs) a weird digital artifacting look uh there's a uh uh i mean they i do have quote here from from some Mm. folks uh from from uh pete hines and jason bergman pete hines obviously Bethesda uh, Bergman was was uh, senior producer on on this game. Uh, well, it's meant to look like a horror movie. Obviously, there's a film grain effect to it, but you'll notice the darks are very dark, very solid shadows. The art direction at Tango is fantastic. The lighting in particular, they're very very precise about where lights are placed and where shadows are cast. Next Gen allows us to do things that are very cool. Hines, the aspect ratio. Bergman, yeah, it prevents you from seeing the floor. Anytime you take something away from the player, they're very used to it. It makes them uncomfortable. And so bringing the camera just a little bit, I don't know if you noticed, but when you open doors, he opens them really slowly. <laughs> Great answers. 
Yep. You know, um, he does. Or... I've noticed. <laughs> you know, I've been like, is he not going to open this door? Because I'm like, his butt, I hit the button. He's like hesitating. Is he scared? Um, I, that's a feature. <laughs> The uh, there's a our Patrick, you wrote an article about this back at, at Giant Bomb called The Very, Very Large Black Bars of the Evil Within, which is where I found that quote. It's not your quote, but you're reusing mm-hmm. that quote. Um, and my actual note on this piece is like, damn, this is kind of long for what the piece is. <laughs> this is I don't I don't know that <clears throat> I feel like 2021 Patrick would not have given this 1300 words. That's that a lot feels, of words. That's a lot uh, of words. It's a lot of words. <laughs> Look, I had, you know, no one I wasn't being edited. So yep. <laughs> what, you edit yourself, Patrick. Occasionally you send something to Brad, but not uh-huh. these news articles. Yeah, so. not news articles. Yeah, re- like real shit. Want. Like ha- like uh, reviews or features yes. or something. Brad wasn't like, faxing like double spaced hard copy back to you with like mar- margin notes. <laughs> no. Also, uh, like I I I don't I don't know that um, you're actually accurate. The opportunity to write thirteen hundred words about the black bars of Evil Within is actually a little more. Like occasionally, I like to just overwrite on a very specific <laughs> tiny detail. Like oh, the no like, three thousand words I did on the. Uh, uh, the what does poise do in Dark Souls three? Oh, you know what? That's true. All time favorite piece. That's a great piece, though. That's a that's a real investigation about something that people care about. That's a quality. Mm-hmm. Of, this is the thing is that's service journalism, but it's also a feature. You know what I mean? It's true. Um, I just need to get one last thing off my chest. Uh-huh. Please. The city's name is Crimson City, spelled with a K. <laughs> no, it isn't. Yeah, what? it is. You like remember like of the Crimson City, City or- Police Department? Like it's spelled with a K. Oh my god! <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's very funny. That's extremely. I'm running a tabletop game set in my own custom city. I'm gonna call it Crimson City. We're gonna spell it with a K to make it cool. Cool with a K. Oh. Anyway, I'm well, just imagining I, the headline writers just just endlessly uh like the local paper in crimson city like you know it's just going to be all alliteration all the time a hundred percent which is really rough with k's um uh i want to shout out something really quick uh i played trash the planet by this game is haunted this game is haunted is the developer name it is a short you know two hour long kind of narrative idle game um uh I, i call it an idle game because the bars go up but I do want to say my one complaint, my biggest complaint about this game is that if you lose focus, if you focus on any other screen on your screen or on your computer, it stops the bars from going up. It like pauses (laughs) the game, which I don't think any idle game should ever be allowed to do. Um, That on purpose or? I I don't know. I don't know. Um, but if I like click over here, it stops it over there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you start the game as a raccoon, as a raccoon, and you have. I guess you're you're a crew of raccoons. You're five raccoons. And on the left hand side of the screen, raccoon. it says jobs. You're a raccoon, right? Uh, and the first job you have is gather food. And so you're like, all right, like all five of us, we're gonna go gather food. When you gather enough food, then you start recruiting other raccoons because they know you got food. Then you start gathering trash. Then you start sorting the trash into different types. You and recruit. as you have the different types of trash, it goes into different, it goes into like a tech tree of like, hey, this will make me sort the trash quicker or slower or whatever. Um, and eventually you finish that tech tree when you get like, you know, a ton of an, enough trash of enough different varieties. You get to, to complete the, the, the kind of that stage of, of the game. And from there you move on to, 
um, a I'm just going to show you the screen. I'm just going to show you the screen. Maybe that makes the, the most sense. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, pull this up really quick. Let me button through this cut scene because I'm getting a text from a character in this game. I know what you're thinking. Why would a raccoon be huh. getting a text? That seems like things have changed dramatically. Uh, well, they have because in the second act of this game, it becomes a stock market simulation game. Uh, as the as the raccoons have slowly begun to take over, not just the trash part of um, of the world, but also the stuff part of the world. So you go um, from so the trash part subsistence, of the world. like hunting Correct. and gathering, to this is exactly inventing right, market Rob. capitalism. That is exactly the point of this game. Um, and then <laughs> slowly destroying the world through market capitalism as you try to make, you know, find new new gains by scamming people. You know, you can you, I guess it doesn't say it here, but the, the the your ability, the our ability on the screen here is called Let's Get Fracking. Uh, and it just gives you more trash to then flip and and turn into into more money. Um, and it, the whole game is like a very tongue in cheek you know, commentary on capitalism, a very openly anti-capitalist game um, that is that is, you know, like carried by its uh, comedy as much as by its um, its its kind of mechanical interest in this stuff. Um, I will say it was fun to learn how to break the stock system in this game <laughs> uh, and, and figure out like what my pathway was to having infinite money. Um, but the. But you know, this is a game in which in which you are talking to a you in the second part of the game are playing the mayor of the town, Crimson City, with a K. Uh it's not it's not I don't know if it gets a name. Um uh and you are talking to uh your like kind of the head of the economy in your town, and his name is Money Baby. Um and he is kind of like a a very broad caricature of like a Wall Street type, you know? Um, and then you also end up talking to like the head of culture, the head of religion, the head of, uh, you know, education, the head of, uh, and, and all of those, and all of those things are, there's very much like a dirtbag leftist um, uh, dude who is, I think that's the head of education is this kind of like dirtbag left, but like through the lens of the dirt being the dirt that raccoons live in instead of, <laughs> social media dirt but he still has that edge um there's you have a friend who's way into anime uh who you talk to a lot i i i've seen i have seen the comedy in this game compared to homestuck i have not read homestuck huh. <clears throat> so i could not justify that one way or the other but that is the way of that that is like kind of the heart of the game um i suspect that we have listeners who would very much enjoy this game again it's called trash the planet it's free to play uh, on itch.io uh, it's by a developer called this game is haunted um and and I, I the thing that i'll say say for it is that like it is very it is like one of the most anti-lib anti-centrist things i've i've seen in video games since like disco disco elysium um in which every time that you're like well we could fix this right we could fix this by doing by by putting uh you know by doing tax credits or something the, the game was like absolutely not yeah you can, you can try giving tax credits to people for doing ecologically positive things no um so yeah that's that is a game about it's an anti-capitalist game about 
the the kind of move through um through through economic models and history and then and then more importantly the ways in which late capitalism are is, is uh, capitalism in general has been destroying the planet for generations and what do we what do we do about that um i think despite its its brusqueness about its messaging i think in the end it might be more optimistic than me and i don't think this game is particularly optimistic <laughs> so uh, uh i think that it it leaves space for for it leaves space for an after instead of a we have to fix it now that I don't know that it that I fuck with. I think that it's well intent. I I don't hate it. This is not a, a serious critique of it, but I but I think there might be a difference there between us. Um, and I and I I, I don't know. I'm curious what what people think of it. People should play it. Um, it's it's short. It's like two hours. And uh, and yeah, trash the planet. Those are the games I play. I play old Batman games and itch <laughs> anti-capitalist, uh, uh, you know, uh, short idle games. I play, um, uh, uh, play? There's, there's a new game uh, launched first on Apple Arcade called Cozy okay. Grove. Oh, yeah. A new game from Spry Fox. Um, it's coming to everything else, Switch, PC, So not sticking to Apple Arcade. No. Um, Interesting. Um, but I guess in theory it's cheapest on Apple Arcade, but it's five bucks a month. Yada yada yada. But it's on <laughs> it's on Apple Arcade first. Um, most things on Apple Arcade come to other they come to Switch. It seems like a year later is part. It seems yeah. like that's part of the contracts. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's not usually the type of game I would play. I've talked openly about my desire to like a Animal Crossing, and then just mm-hmm. realizing over time that it's I don't really want to customize my house. Um, uh, you know, and that's <laughs> a bulk of a lot of the stuff that you're doing in, in games like that. But Cozy Grove is a, a you know a life sim you know like you know in that sort of like same playhouse of of genre. Um, but I found the the art is just like like go look at the screenshot of Cozy Grove. It's it's really just really striking hand drawn art. The setup is that you are a ghost scout, like a young kid that is being sent to get their final badge um, so they can become like a properly accredited uh, ghost <laughs> scout. And so what you need to do is you get sent to um, this island um, where there are restless spirits. Um, you're like a you, you are in this world. You're a ghost if you like have unsettled business. And as a scout, it is mm. your job to try and help these ghosts settle their business. And so you end up on what is supposed to be you just like helping one ghost. You get that badge and go home. Your your boat floats away, and now you are fucking stuck on this island. And that there aren't there isn't just one ghost. There's like a lot of ghosts, and they need some serious. Why are there so many ghosts um, on this one island? I don't know. I presume that is part of the uh, the story mm. of uh, Cozy Grove. Um, and, and that I, the reason I decided, other than the art being striking, um, I've long thought that uh, like when I played like a short hike, it was like oh like this has like an aesthetic of Animal Crossing like different mechanics and it's got a story like an, an A to B and um, a lot of Animal Crossing isn't you know it's making your own story of like what you want to do in this world as opposed to like you know seeing an, uh, a discrete narrative and seeing that from from beginning to end and Cozy Grove's pitch is like yeah what if like we have a lot of those elements but we also have stories and also this is a game that you are explicitly not meant to play for more than 20 minutes a day and we are going to have discrete hmm. moments where we tell you it's time to go away and it's time to come back tomorrow and i was like oh like that sounds really interesting like i'm gonna go ahead and give this a shot and so like the the loop of uh cozy grove is you you get in um you uh, are trying to accomplish basic tasks for the different ghosts on the island um when you complete that task and these tasks are 
uh, a lot of busy work. It is like, hey, like I lost my glasses. Like, could you go and find them? It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And so you're walking around the island. You're collecting, you know, uh, different ingredients for like recipes that you can make for different things you can build. Um, and along the way, you'll find the item that you need to bring it back. They'll tell you something about their backstory. All the dialogue is like really well written. Like these are really interesting, fleshed out characters that um, have a lot of personality. Um, and every time you complete a task, it like fills up a little bit of a heart. And it says like, hey, you finished the story element of this character for today. And you also have a gauge of like how far that story is. Like how far along are you in like sort of like bringing this ghost to terms um, before it like leaves the island. And every time you complete like a major task, they give you – it's like a ghost log and you feed the ghost log to your flame. Who's like your friend that you have built on has come with you to this Island. And that like expands your camp. And so there is like a customizability uh, aspect to cozy Grove. And my guess is that is uh, one that you can, you know, to some level take or leave, but they've mm-hmm. also built in mechanics to it. So for example, uh, different uh, there, there's like a bird you can, uh, you can put into your house and, uh, <sighs> It likes to be like certain near certain things, but not near other things. It doesn't like to be near rustic. We call decor. those pets, it, Patrick. Huh? The, uh, you said there's a bird you can put into your house. We call yep. those pets. Well, I don't know. It's like a charm that you buy, and then you set it down, and it turns into a bird. And when you pet it, it like gives you. It seems to shit out like like uh, like high priced jewelry that you can then use to craft other things. I'm just not sure uh, if I qualify okay. it as a pet. I don't okay. like know what my relationship is with this uh, thing. <laughs> Familiar. Um, yeah. I think that might actually be better. Well, that sounds uh, closer suited uh, to what's going on here. Um, and, so, and so, like I, I, again, like I don't really want to customize my house, and I don't need to. Like the game doesn't make that like a requirement. Like I've I've kind of put things aside, and maybe I'll get more interested as I have more options. But basically, what I'm doing is I'm spending my time uh, completing these little tasks, and then at the end, like you go back to uh, Flamey, I think is the name of the the fire, mm. and and Flamey goes, yeah, there's no more logs. Like you've done your quest for today. Maybe there'll be some more tomorrow, and you'll get a push notification from the app you know, around like, you know, in the morning the next day. And it's like, hey, there's more things for people. Uh, this motherfucker uh, lost his glasses again. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you'll go back and there'll be some new ghosts and like your island just like kind of keeps expanding. And as you also, every time it expands, um, when you find new ghosts, uh, their area is black and white. And then as you complete task, it colorizes the area. Um, and so, it, you know, it is really beautiful, hand-drawn black and white art. And then that fills in to just like, uh, just utterly gorgeous uh, a colored art as you're completing the task. And there's just like, like I really have enjoyed for, I played it for three days. I haven't done the stuff for this morning, but like the rhythm of the game, it, just being discreet and just, like explicit and be like, you're done. Like set mm-hmm. the game down. Like you, there's stuff you can do. Do you want to go fish? Do you want to go collect things to like, that you, to sell so that you can make more money? Like there's stuff you can do, but in terms of like pushing the narrative forward, the game, you know, is very much like, we don't want you to just sit here and do this for hours. Like we're telling you that you, it's a real time clock, come back tomorrow. And then you can talk to the postmaster and, and see what they're up to. So there's I'm real, enjoying, like, uh, there's like a real, like what if don't starve wasn't haunted. I mean, it is haunted because there's ghosts. Yeah. But, but there's no dying. Like, right. It wasn't a survival game in that way. Yes. Um, to, to this aesthetic. I mean, it's, it's rounder than don't starve. I guess the people are kind of cubed off. That's not a don't starve thing, but you know what I'm saying? There is a real um, yeah cube element to all the character. Yeah. Designs. But like, and you have these big, like, like almond shaped, like giant 
cartoon eyes. It's very cute. It's extremely cute. It has, and the way you're, but the way you're like bouncing around reminds me of Don't Starve. And it's mm-hmm. not like a critique of it. You know what I mean? I, I think no, it's but yeah, it's definitely to, Don't Starve to, adjacent to in this in, space. In yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, this seems really good. When is this? This is coming to consoles. You said April eighth. I think it comes to That's everything soon. else. Okay. Um, yeah. and it's just out on Apple Arcade now, so you can play. I'm playing it on. It looks an like iPad. it looks totally playable on iPad or iPhone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've yeah. You can. It has controller support. I have not, you know, done it. I've just been, you know, you just touch and it go. The character goes and you double tap and the character runs and all the interfaces is just fine. Um, it seems like it would, you know, work just fine on any. It'd be a great switch game um but uh like especially the idea that uh like i can play it on both of my devices like i can be out walking the dog and it's like all right like while she's sniffing around like i can open cozy grove and like just go collect a couple of things put it back Mm -hmm. pick it up on the ipad when um i'm you know like watching tv but i just like the fact that it's over like the part of these games is like the time the the infinite time investment is like part of like i i just i'm not gonna go there like i'm not that interested and like i like this game is like no like you have to go away and so that's a uh cozy grove it's uh out now in apple arcade and then just give it a couple of weeks and you can play it elsewhere totally um kato what have you been up to you playing anything (sighs) still you still on that bravely default yeah, I still am. <laughs> it That's, all right. Okay, I'm like, go off, Kato. Look, uh, that game is mechanically interesting and just like the most nothing story, mm. or at least just like the the at the pacing at the pace it's it's happening. Like it's still very much in like nothing zone. They like foreshadowed some shit up front that's like supposed to be like. Just wait until we hit this shit. This shit's gonna pop off. It's gonna be wild. Look, what's this book about? Who who are you really? Uh, what? How did that? How did that? Uh, that country disappear? We'll get to that in like twenty hours. Uh, oh. it's uh still very much in um the kind of you know basic. We're 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 looking for the MacGuffins. Uh, yep. kind of zone. Uh, we're mm-hmm. we're getting all the crystals. Uh, there's some new um, jobs that I unlocked, which have mechanically kept things interesting. There's there's like a, a Beastmaster now where I can capture monsters and use their abilities. I can make the game half Pokemon. It's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. And um, I've just like, yeah, I've I've been trudging through it because I I I I want to. At this point, it's like I would have probably would have stopped already if they hadn't for for i want to see where it ends up compared to the first game because it feels like they're they foreshadowed a lot of things that are like very much like hey if you've played brave bravely default one remember this shit remember what happened last time we mentioned this these sorts of things shit went south things got weird um and so i'm kind of they got me. They fucking got me. Uh, uh-huh. I, <laughs> I'm gonna keep playing to figure out. Like, all right, mm. well, how how much does it hew? How closely does it hew to that original? Is there something actually interesting about here at the end of the rope? But it's just like the thing I've been kind of dipping into bits and pieces here. Um, I'm like twenty hours in now, um, but it's just like I I I also have been noticing more and more the like deeper i get in that the 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 fucking map design is is bad there's a lot of 
it, the, what defines the, what makes what makes a bad JRPG map to you? Uh, it's one where I mean it's it's got a lot of backtracking in it, where it feels like the thing at the end of the tunnel wasn't worth it. Like they'll 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 make sure to put maybe a chest or something, just be like, oh, you went down the wrong fork. But here's a little something, and like none—that's never—it's never been like, okay, this was worth the time I spent killing all the enemies coming down this way. Uh, this was an issue that the original game had too, uh, and straight up actually, um, uh, I remember seeing over the weekend, uh, AVB, who's written for the site before, mm-hmm. post an old article uh, that she wrote about the first one, uh, having this exact same issue, and I was like, oh wow, I forgot that. It did the same thing. I think partially because in that game, there was an encounter slider that I abused like all the time. There was like, you could set your encounter rate, you could set your encounter rate to zero. And I think that's essentially what I did in that game was like, all right, while I'm exploring, I'm going to set this to zero because it's going to be too annoying when I'm backtracking to run into a a million enemies because that was still random encounters in that one. In this one, uh, it's not random encounters anymore. Like you see the enemies walking around in the world and so you can like physically avoid them by running around them and trying to run run away when they try to attack you. Um, And eventually when you level up, they'll start running away. They'll, They'll start running away from you once you've like leveled up past like what their, whatever their level is. Um, so it's less tedious in that sense, but it still doesn't feel great to like get to the end of a fork and be like, well, this is a po- a potion, yay, <laughs> or some shit yeah. like that, you know? Um, I think it's very funny playing this game. I'm also playing Final Fantasy VII at the same time. I've been streaming that like weekly. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, I have very different frustrations with that game's maps layouts where it's like uh visually very confusing sometimes where and like where there's holes because it's basically a flat image that you are walking a 3D character around a path, right? Um like it's not like a 3D environment for that 3D character, so it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to parse sometimes where their paths are. But something that game mostly doesn't do there was one part where it kind of did this though is is have that same sort of backtracking issue of just like um if you go down a path it's like if there's a secret area it ends up being like oh there's this really cool weapon at the end or like oh i like got something very useful right here that's going to be useful and the the offshoot is never that long this one in in bravely default all the offshoots in this in this in this game feel like they're long enough that you're like, oh, I must be going down the right path, right? There's always that thing of like, usually you yeah. want to make the wrong, the quote you unquote wrong choice a little shorter. First. So that, yeah, right? yeah, 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 um, right, but, sure. And then I always like end up going down it, go back, go down the yeah. other way thinking like, this this must be extra content. And it's just as long as the 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 critical path. I'm like, wait, shit, what did I miss on the optional path back there? You know, you just end up doing a lot of, back and forth thing um and that just ended up being like oh well now i know that there's probably not anything super special at the end of the optional path i'm gonna keep going (laughs) right Mm -hmm. like that's where i'm at at this point i just kind of want to i'm gonna end up like blasting through it and not going like not like nitpick like not um fully clearing every corner of like these dungeons anymore uh it's just like the game hasn't given me reason to want to do that um, even though it's a little less tedious because I can run away, I can avoid encounters kind of easily, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, but still, I still feel like that's definitely one of those things that's like would drag out a time that already is feeling really dragged out for right. you. Yeah, you know exactly. So. Well, yeah, just uh, you know, finding keeping at it, finding uh, finding these crystals, trying to figure out why this city <laughs> in the. I think I missed the part where I understand why Kato is continuing to play it, though. Uh, I think yeah. that's the uh, the, the uh, mechanics uh, are good. Saying mechanics, yeah, uh-huh. mechanics, mechanics, mechanics are good. good. The the actual battles are fine. the The amount of battles I have to do between uh in in dungeons when I go down the critical path is like a perfect amount. And if mm. I ever get tired of it, I can run around the enemies if I need to. But the mechanics itself of like like getting different jobs, mixing and matching job abilities. Uh, actually playing out the battles even the individual battles uh are more interesting than the like i'm like in final fantasy 7 i'm to the point where like if unless it's a boss i'm like hitting attack five th- five times which is like going through it you know that sort of uh that sort of moment to moment like battle stuff is really still ticking that that fun part in my brain of like oh look i made this cool combo by picking these abilities and now i can kill more of these things quicker uh I'm with Rob. I don't. I don't buy it. I think Kato is deep in like. Well, I've played this much. Like, gotta keep there's playing little, Bravely Default. This happens with JRPGs. No. Like, I get. I get it. Like, I'm not. I'm not. This is not a, a mocking uh-huh. tone. But like, you're. I'm just saying. You're saying like, no, the mechanics are pretty good. I like, like, I'm doing a little bit faster. Uh, it's great, uh, everyone. It's great. Well, I mean, totally. the problem is there's only one game with good mechanics. So, like, if you, you know, if you, if you like the mechanics, if you're a mechanical a gamer, uh, then Bravely Default is for you. Kato's new, he, he could have started a blog during the, the blogosphere era of video and criticism, the mechanical gamer. Fuck. I feel like that was actually, like, four different blogs. <laughs> God. No, I mean, um, part of the thing, too, is that I've slowed down my pace on that game a lot because... I don't want to play it as much. Because <laughs> it's really mad. Cause You're it's not take, enjoying it. I'm not, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the story is not good. The story in fucking Destiny right now is better. Uh, uh which right, is well, great. Well, well, Look. Okay. <laughs> there's interesting there's interesting shit happening in Destiny. Wait, what did you what did you almost say? <laughs> mechanics in Destiny. Look. Yeah, the shooty shoot is good. I get it. The shooting is I good. Like the and part also where you take the thing to the guy and are like, what's, what's this thing? And he's like it's a gun. It's a gun. <laughs> you actually don't do that what as much the, anymore. What is the wait? What is the last I heard? Destiny story was. Well, hold on. Hmm. They've sunset and vaulted tons of content, right? But now they're not. Are oh, they not oh, doing that? Anymore? Okay, 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 okay. Are they, so are they sunsetting was a, oh, was a he, okay. Those are two different was, things. Was gear sunsetting's gear? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So sunsetting yeah, was this concept. Yeah, there was this, it was this concept of like gear that you get this year has like a time limit. Eventually, it will it has a max uh, power level that you will be able to take it to, and then after that, it goes away. There'll be new stuff cycled in and things like that. And people were really mad about that. Um, and essentially, what it seems to have happened is like they they backtracked that, but only so far. There's stuff that has mm-hmm. already been sunset that they're like. We we can't change that. That stuff is already gone. But going forward, nothing else will be sunset, which I think was kind of the point the whole time. Something about the meta was a little fucked uh, originally, oh, so and they needed they to get a like, few a few uh, things like out of the out of the rotation for them to be like, okay, we're in a healthy place. We can design forward from here with huh. this in mind. Um, 
things. We're like- not saying anyone was cheesing scum. We're making a universal <laughs> statement of principles uh-huh. here. Yeah. Oh no, we just can't bring them all back. Code's locked. <laughs> but moving forward. Uh yeah. Um so yeah, they undid the the that um sunsetting thing and then nothing fo- going forward will be sunset anymore. Vaulting was completely different, right? Vaulting is the actual content that was in Destiny 2 like the base campaign going away. That's still gone. That's that nothing's changed about the Destiny content vault as they call it. Uh-huh. Fucking Disney vault ass like <laughs> they'll yeah. come back out soon. Uh the fucking so the rig- last thing that yeah. Go, go, just listen. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to step on the no. Destiny stuff. Go ahead. But I want to hear about the different Destiny stuff yeah, that yeah. I actually want to hear about. Which is the last thing that I knew about Destiny was that the season of the Hunt is that what it was called was going to start after the most recent expansion, and that was going to be about Crow, yeah. who is a previous Destiny character, uh-huh. uh, renamed because yes. of circumstances. Did that shit happen? That's the last yeah, thing I, I yeah that so okay. that happened that happened kind of concurrently with the launch of Beyond Light. Uh, it was like okay. two or three weeks after the the campaign launched, then the the season of the hunt began. Uh, that was neat uh, to see, kind of uh, that character who spoilers i guess uh if you haven't played uh oh we don't need to get into those okay it's okay it, yeah but it was interesting to see it's the new shit that that yeah okay. that you want to get into so at this we don't point, need to go out of our way to spoil that i'm right, trying to right. avoid it no at this point right now the new shit is like you know they had this whole like the fucking pyramids are here what are we gonna do um the pyramid ships the like kind of mysterious fifth like faction uh is in the solar system and the cabals the cabal uh was you know one of the original big space four, marine big space marine right, turtle things type. right uh yeah. they uh their home world was destroyed by these ships so the people who are left in our world are like you know we gotta gear up we're gonna go like we're gonna go on the offensive here um and they come to the guardians being like, yo, you want to have an alliance? You want to like team up against the pyramid ships? And uh, classic, like, all right, everything seems yeah, we're gonna have an alliance. And then the person offering the alliance is like, all right, then bow. It's like this isn't really like that's not an alliance. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're not offering a line. They're like, yeah, you be my subjects. That's how we're gonna be allied. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, a, turn, that's a that's a that's a different part of the menu in the yeah. That's absurd. <laughs> uh, so Zavala, the the Titan leader of the Vanguard, is like, nah, fuck that. Uh, so instead, what we do is we fucking interrupt their their they're they're trying to gather forces to go against the pyramid ships. And what they do is they do this ritual combat thing where different um, uh, cabal that are in the system like fight against each other and so like we could like mm. sit back and be chill about this it's like whatever like they're not coming for us like we don't have any you know like let them do their ritual combat shit except instead yeah. we're in here like wreaking havoc and like killing a bunch of cabal uh because saladin who usually runs the the um uh iron the iron uh Banner? Banner. Jesus Iron Christ. Banner, yeah. I haven't played the Iron mm-hmm. Banner in so long. I used to call it the Iron Banana. Uh, that's why I was getting stuck, because I couldn't remember what the original B-word name was. Right, but that's not no. right. Uh-huh. Um, 
is like, nah, because after they go after the pyramids, they're definitely coming after us. They already tried to in the Red War, which is content that isn't in the game anymore. So, like, (laughs) for everyone who was there, (laughs) for everyone who was there and understands the stakes of, like, yeah, yeah, the Cabal came after us once. This is technically a different faction. Uh, Pretty easily beat them, though. Yeah. Yeah. Easy, uh, but yeah, yeah. they handled it. We I was handled level one. It. They took my light away. I leveled back up, beat them. Yeah, what? Beat them. I shot a bunch of dudes. I shot, yeah. yeah, I just had to shoot a bunch of dudes. I yeah. handled that. <laughs> um, uh, but so ultimately, Saladin's like, nah, we have to disrupt them. We can't let them gather. Like, we can't let them coalesce under this one faction because right now they're all like most of the other right. enemy, uh, like races, quote unquote, are factionalized extremely like none of them have consolidated under one banner um which is the the vex also not even like that even the fucking vex have factions yes there's factions that are like um we're going to uh those are just time robots i thought they were all kind of they're mostly hive mind but they've split up like there are there are central minds yeah exactly like sure sure some of them have been around longer technically because of time loops and shit so yeah. even then, but like the that's less that's they're a little more homogenized, but they're not. They just seem to be chilling. They just seem to be yeah. vibing. Uh, it's mostly we're this mostly all sounds dealing like with pretty normal destiny stuff though. Hive and um, well, what's interesting is that the the way that the the story is be, is being told right now is that there's a lot of kind of arguments within the 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 the, the guardians like leadership i guess right like, it's called it the government but you're right it isn't well no i was looking for the word guardians <laughs> but yeah i guess it i mean yes it is kind of the 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 fucking vanguard and yeah, who, who is within is or to make a decision about how this shit works right well i mean that is technically like right before before all this like went down there was the government of the city included three guardians and then like a bunch of factions which have all disappeared at this point for right now mm. like zavala might yeah, as well be like, fucking monarch <laughs> like yeah, what happened i was gonna say what happened to new monarchy and uh future, uh, future nothing, war cult i mean they like dead, took all that stuff out space dead orbit dead orbit dead orbit yeah they uh, got there they're gone uh cool <laughs> wait but I, wasn't future war cult the one with all the cool shit and the yes. good worldview well, uh, I mean, good, oh. sure, I guess. It, it depends on how <laughs> they, had, guy they, they had a future. They had a future seeing machine, and so if you believe that machine, they had a good worldview, I guess. <laughs> but um, for some reason, all those factions are are gone. I forget the exact lore reasons. I know the mechanical reasons are just like the things around those factions weren't very balanced. They weren't very interesting, so they decided to take it out of the game. Um, mm. But so, like, yes, he makes this decision basically unilaterally. Like, like he, and so Saladin is there, kind of being like, "No, we should actually take more action than we have been." Uh, and then you have the crow coming back as like this new person who, basically, because he he was resurrected recently, access this character that has only only has like stories to go by as far as the history of these things and like mm. so is a kind of an interesting point of view character and you have them you know you you have them interacting like out in in space a lot like there's a lot more story to like the activities so just you're like, doing this isn't an expansion this is their like 
seasonal battle yeah. pass like and new events equivalent yes yeah right? yeah there and so yeah that that stuff normally does not have no a ton of narrative content with it no it's like they've they've packed it full of narr- like each each it's like a returning thing each week where you're like there's there's the war they made a separate space called the the helm which stands for something. It's H E L M. Uh, the, it's a war room. Like you see them gather around this big war table with all the like cabal ships on it. And mm. they like argue over wh- what, whether they're doing the right strategy. Um, and at this point it's, it's just the, it's all been very kind of interesting. It feels like they're setting up for possibility, like further down possibilities. Like they keep adding this thing of like, we're pointing to a world in destiny where eventually we're going to actually either have playable, characters in those other races or just are be like be further aligned with them um mm-hmm. it's like a shift in uh worldview where before it was like any and all cabal it's just like you're sh- you're shooting on site you're not really thinking about it about these people as like actual like factions other than enemy factions right right they're they're life bars that you decrease exactly and that's kind of it and that's yeah. kind of it and so like it's you know it's really interesting to see the the story in game go that way and also complicate the organization of the vanguard and the organization of the guardians themselves being like even within the guardians like there's arguments being had there's people who think we're doing the wrong thing uh like there's people who have had like uh fucking amanda the shipwright is on a bunch of these missions like on comms as like support mm-hmm. or whatever and her backstory was that her like mother was killed by cabal in like a raid or something. And like the interesting, there's like interesting nuance there about how she like obviously has a reason to hate cabal in general, but it even then still has some like understanding of like, look, these are, this is a people, there are different factions, there are different like reasons for doing different things. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just more, it's it's a more nuanced story than destiny has told in the past and I'm really enjoying it. Um, nice. Yeah. Are, is fun. it is it like some of the past seasons where it's like over the next few months, more and more shit will be unlocked? Yeah. And it's basically like a big final narrative. Yeah. Thing. It's basically like every like it, the season starts off. There was a cutscene about of that like the 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 meeting where we almost make an alliance but don't. And then each week, like you have multiple small like narrative moments that happen in world. Like, you know, the characters are around the table talking. There are people in your ear during missions. And it happens week to week. There's a new thing. Like, last week actually was really interesting. They There was a fucking attempt on Zavala's life by one of these, like, cabal champions that are trying to, like, curry favor. So now, like, mm. you see the thing bleeding in a little bit of, like, oh, shit, Saladin is kind of right. Like, we're still in the crosshairs here because we're seen as this, like, strong military force. So if someone were to take us out, it would be impressive to the leader of the Cabal right, still. Right, right. Um, but also, mixed in with that, you have the fact that the Crow, who's keeping his true identity secret with this cool mask that he wears constantly all the time, yeah. was there to uh-huh. help... Yeah. I've seen this now. I'm like, who is this man with this mat? Oh, uh, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I see. Uh-huh. Um, for some reason, like, was able to save, like, help Zavala in that moment and get him not killed. But then also his identity was partially revealed, but Zavala is not 100% sure if he believes what he saw. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just fun lore shit, you know? It's good. And well, it's they good. they have they're giving they're they're getting the space to do that stuff. Yeah, like, I feel like 
they historically have only done big story drops around product releases. Yeah. And so detaching that from that is is one of the things I'd hoped we would see once Bungie took ownership. Yeah, the in between the in between stuff, like between the big uh stuff, the big um expansions has been really good so far. Uh, it's also interesting because I feel like you know the part of that was just like the product is what people will play and it's when they'll pay attention. Right. So like we can't have a big character change or moment during our like seasonal stuff because the customers who are going to buy it and engage with a campaign are not going to see that stuff and then they're going to feel like they've been left out and won't buy future stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, they'll feel like who the hell is this character, right? And to some degree this feels like Bungie saying like, well, no, this is like a living product that has its subscriber right. base. Exactly. That's who we're making this game for at this point. If people want to jump on from campaign or from, from you know, expansion to expansion, that's cool. But we're not going to pause the world just because there's yeah. no $60 or $30 expansion or yeah. whatever. It's kind of like it. the point, uh, the the like one like 2.1, 2.0, whatever of like Final Fantasy. After you finish the main campaign of the expansion, there's like those patches afterwards that still continue. Yeah. Right, the yeah. the story to bridge between the next expansion. Like this is actually more right. like that. That's at how this it point. feels. It feels like you're in the patches. Yeah, yeah sure, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's great oh, because it's I also like bite size, in. bite size week to week. Like I in the last two weeks, I've mm. played uh, about eight hours, and that has caught me up on the six weeks of content. Essentially, right? It's like okay. really bite size yeah. if you don't want to engage in the other systems of like I'm gonna grind out a bunch of light. Like right now, I'm taking right. it slow on that stuff. Um, there's also a super good is exotic mission, which they keep making these and they're so freaking cool. Um, that is like a, the, the scaredest I've been in destiny, like actual <laughs> horror show shit. It's cool. fucking awesome. Um, so yeah, nice. it's definitely, yeah. I think if they also like bump, they like bumped all the light up. So like you'll, you won't be too far behind if you haven't checked it out yeah. in a bit and yeah. all that stuff also stays for a year now, instead of going away with the season, like you'll, Oh, the like story content right. stuff you can still do. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, it's worth checking out, cool. I think. Yeah. Uh, I want to take a quick dip in the question bucket because we got some follow-ups and some questions we asked the world and we need <laughs> to hear these answers. Gaming at knucklesvice.com. That's correct. Knuckles. Knuckles. We got a couple things in here from Knuckles here. Okay. And there's some debate. So, Rob, I think you – did Rob miss this? Rob you missed did, yeah. us assigning Justice League DC – just DC characters mm-hmm. to Sonic the Hedgehog characters uh colin writes in and says amateur hour really you can't just look at power <laughs> sets you have to consider the character as a whole knuckles is batman i don't Fuck. know I, in some ways i think knuckles is batman is a power focused thing because they both glide they both punch mm-hmm. knuckles yeah, but they both have like a, things. a growly and uh pissed off disp- growly yeah, he's he pissed is. off <laughs> he's not growly he has a deeper voice naturally that doesn't mean he's growly he's a bigger being yeah that's true i guess we have an alternative uh knuckles thing here from alex in alaska knuckles is wonder woman uh on huh. the topic of finding dc analogs to sign the hedgehog character okay. i propose the closest comparison to knuckles the echidna is wonder woman gender aside they're both members of an enigmatic race that hail from a hidden island with mystic powers they're both masters of hand-to-hand combat they both s- can sort of fly sometimes sometimes not <laughs> yeah it that's kind of varies between the inconsistent <laughs> power set is yeah. a good argument yeah. especially yeah. in the snyderverse 100 <laughs> percent 
learns yes, to I fly mean, in a previous movie but can't do it in the future. <laughs> it's very weird where yeah, I yeah, I don't I don't know. Eggman is Eggman is clearly like Luther uh Rouge the Bat is mm-hmm. Catwoman. I think that that's Yeah, that yeah, that tracks. For I sure. agree. That tracks Why is both she not in like Batman. Huh? I guess cuz no, yeah, you're right. She's she's a Catwoman. Yeah, yeah that's like who yeah, that character is. Exactly. Like playful and horny, mm-hmm. but like in like a thieving way. Yes, it's yeah. literally she is a thief. Yes, it's the exact same character. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So thank I'm you so to Alex for that. Caught one. Caught up on this Knuckles thing though, because I feel I felt Knuckles as Batman like deep. This other Knuckles thing is like power set, sure, or like kind of like uh uh circumstance. I, their kind of is so right though. Their history, they, they're both but the exiles from uh a but the personality is different. No, they're not. Yeah. Wonder Woman is not not that. Yeah. Knuckles is like... Knuckles isn't like ruling by fear. Knuckles doesn't beat <laughs> up the mafia. He would, though. He's a he's an explorer. He he, no, he wouldn't. He, you, no, he would, what, he you, what are you projecting on Knuckles here? You need to talk about shit to work out, Which, Knuckles is not the world's greatest detective. The biggest <laughs> thing about him is that he's a big dumbass. So, no. Okay, no. He is a dumbass. But he's... uh. You know, he's, he's a naive, which again fits certain mm, interpretations of Wonder Woman. Yeah. He doesn't understand the outside world. He gets mm-hmm. taken in by people who she shouldn't be. He's like a this grumpy is, Wonder is, Woman. <laughs> he's the we're, needs to be stacked onto two analogy. cartridges in order to appear in previous centuries. Right. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, those are the only two. The only two ones we got on the Sonic thing. I'm a little damn. surprised. And on the other hand, on the other hand. Jordan writes in and says, just enjoyed your hilarious discussion on what way do you eat uncut sandwich bread during my midnight lunch slash night shift of an uncut sandwich with plain store bread. And were you here for this, Patrick? No, no, no. I've seen 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 some some discourse on it, but I I dodged this uh, sandwich. Um, And while I agree it's a silly thing to be concerned about, about, I nonetheless have observed that I have a habitual preference from eating top down. And yes, I eat with a bite directly in the middle across the edge. I don't think it's because I want to eat from the top down, but rather I want to hold said uncut sandwich upright in my hands. Imagine mm-hmm. a good two-handed grip along the sides with the bumpy muffin top above my thumbs. Yeah. And thus and thus I eat in the simplest method from the top as my hands raise the upright sandwich to my <laughs> mouth. I believe this habit of eating top down carries over even if I don't have two hands involved. <sighs> There might be exceptions. Uh, the 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 exception might be toast, where I might on occasion eat from the corner, but that's still rare. Um, though talking about how how one does physically eat, how do all of you eat cinnamon buns? I've always preferred unraveling them outside in, pulling the layers apart as I eat them, leaving the end with the central, most filling covered bit. Am I an anomaly, or does everyone else eat them like a bun? No, that's like a that's like a tr- like a tr- like a you're that's you're unlocking the treasure. It's like yeah. all the sugar. And is in the like, middle. The candy's no, in the center, like, and like bites in the center. There. Rob, no. are you sure you or don't like, just take a bite from the? You know, you face it <laughs> you parallel it to in. your face and just put <laughs> put it up to your mouth. Uh, <laughs> I like to compress all those ribbons of bun uh, into a cube and then just pop it in my mouth. Yeah, I mean this <laughs> no. is this is a very similar follow up question from Cal, who says, "When you eat a meal." Do you save the best for last, or even think about the order you eat? And can you imagine yeah. not thinking about the order that you? No, eat? you you yeah. have to. They're I, like, they're, I wish I, could I did be this that like person. recently. Where like we had some mashed potatoes and they were fucking delicious. And I was like, I'm just avoiding it. And I was like, yeah. well, I'll, yeah. I'll have a little bit. No, and I'm like, no, I want the this. last bite, the the finale of this cool meal off. to be this. Yeah, yeah, I, I will, and it's not always the same thing, even in the same type of meal. You know what I mean? Like, 
I like feel like, like when I have a side salad, get that shit out of the way. Get into my <laughs> stomach. Like if I could just like tube it into my stomach, like this is just for health reasons. I'm not enjoying. There are times where you have a salad and then the side salad is just like, I just, we you know, it's better just, salads. No, I like I, it's just for I, I, I eat a side salad with every meal. Like I sure. have a little okay. like greenery, like very small mm-hmm. amount of dressing. It's just like a dietary thing. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. that's just like. That food is hot. Like, I want to get to you that. Get and this salad is standing in the way of me getting in. Right. So you go through that and then and then you're left with this is what I'm saying. It's like let's say I have, let's say I've made like a nice ribeye steak. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes most of the times the ribeye, I want a piece of that ribeye to be the last thing I eat. And I want to like yep. have yep. that. But sometimes Let's say that there's like a really good sweet potato with it or something like that. I'll be like, you know what? I actually want to save that for last. So it's not a universal, even inside of the same type of food for me. I'll mix it up depending on how well something came out. That's the other thing. Like sometimes it's like this steak didn't turn out well or or, or this sandwich isn't all that good. Yeah. I mean, actually, I'm going to save the fries for, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely always thinking about. Yeah. To the degree that I will, I will get not upset, but there have been times when I fucked up and gotten distracted and finished the wrong thing oh. first. And I was like, oh, I'm fucking ruined my afternoon. This isn't how lunch was supposed to end. Well, this, and it gets complicated when you have like meals in which it's the, the, the food is not into discrete categories, right? So like, right. Sure. I like eating a burrito, for example, right. is yes. can be a traumatic oh. experience because it's like, did you say traumatic? Yeah, traumatic. like the rare, like the I usually don't. Patrick leads. I love burritos are one of my favorite foods, and I rarely pay for like avocado to be added because it's like, all right, so the burrito's six dollars, and I'm gonna pay a dollar to get like avocado on this, like not gonna do it. And then when I do, I really like when you get that avocado bite, like it is just like such a mm. such a joy mm. in there. And if you don't either, if it's not put together correctly, or if you don't navigate your bites correctly, I want that last bite to be like a little bit of everything and a little bit of avocado. And if you've messed it up, if you've Pac-Man your way down to the end of burrito <laughs> and it's just a mess and your hands are dirty, uh, yeah. like the it's 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 just juice and a tortilla and it's like, I'll still eat it. But you know, it could have gone better. I could I could learn some lessons from this exercise. This is why I've I've started to switch over. I mean, it depends on the place, obviously. Like some places you're gonna get a good burrito no matter what. Some places yep. though, you know they're not gonna Spread that yeah. shit out evenly. I'm getting a bowl. It's all I'm gonna the control yeah. when, uh, oh, when I eat all the shit. Bowl. Yeah, mm. you know, get some fork. fork, fork. Well, I guess you it, get it fork and knife is. the burrito. Oh, God, okay. Um, Rob, Rob you <laughs> really quiet. like making sure that the fillings you crave are right there in the bite. May I introduce you to the fucking taco? <laughs> <laughs> That's a different meal. Yeah, experience. That's a different, yeah, that's, that's that's a different, different food. There's Rob. different fillings in tacos. You don't put right, like the same me, shit in tacos as you do burritos. The burrito, then. You know, uh-huh. Patrick, to your yeah. question about the avocado, yeah, put a little put a little guac or avocado on the side, and you just like have it in that last bite, yeah. and you just spoon it on. So that's what I've done. Well, one one like it sidesteps it's, it sidesteps the extraordinary cost of the avocado. Is just yeah, we have avocados at home, and <laughs> just, we just slice it ourselves. New triangle. You know, there you go. Um, we got another one in from Colton. This is kind of a long one, but there's something. The energy of it, I think, maybe. Dear Waypoint crew, I just listened to the recent episode where a listener wrote in to ask what the proper way to eat bread is from the top or the bottom. To be clear, the top is the side that's curved and the bottom is the opposite flat side. Uh, Hearing this question, I was incredibly excited. Could it be that there are other people who spent countless hours agonizing over this question? Could there perhaps be dozens of us? In your response, I was sad to hear that aside from Kato, none of you seem to have particularly strong opinions about this topic of extreme importance. (laughs) As such, I figured I would submit my own response in the hope of making others in my position feel less alone. 
To give a quick answer, I do tend to start at the bottom rather than the top, but strangely enough, my reasoning for it is almost the direct op- opposition to Kato's reasoning. While Kato's goal seems to be to start off with the good bits of the sandwich, my goal is to try to get the worst parts of the sandwich out of the way first. This is the Patrick position. This is the Patrick Klepek, yeah. get the worst part out of the way first <laughs> position. Uh, I think most people would agree with me when I say for most types of bread, this is the crust, this is the crust, and I think – this is especially true with sandwiches as the ingredients are in the middle. The part, this part, the part that may be more controversial is that I tend not to like the bottom side of the crust as much as the top side of the crust. Hmm. Maybe I need to do some self reflection there. But regardless, because I don't like that part of the crust as much, I make it my goal to get that out of the way first. But wait, I hear you asking at this point. You may uh, you may be thinking there are bigger implications in this, and you'd be right because I'm trying to save the last the last possible bite for last. I can't allow crust to be in the final bite, so I eat around the mm, sandwich okay. in a circle to get rid of the uh-huh. crust first. <laughs> yep. As an aside, I think I usually go around the sandwich counterclockwise or turn the sandwich oh clockwise God. as I eat. But I don't think that's necessarily there's necessarily a reason for that. Uh, regardless, well, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> regardless. Regardless, this ensures that as I approach the end of the sandwich, there's a very good chance the last bite will be a good one. To go beyond that a little more, this applies to other foods as well. For instance, I eat hamburgers the same way, not because of the crust, but because I want my last bite to have a good section of condiments and cheese. And I have a similar approach to pancakes as well, since most of the butter tends to be in the middle. And as a last note, I should add there's an exception to this. <laughs> if I, I don't think a, I don't think per, per letter writer I don't think there's a specific reason I do anything but let me tell you all the things that I do for very Cole specific reasons being very generous with their time if I eat a slice of sourdough bread by itself I will almost always eat the bottom crust then the middle of the bread and will finish with the top crust because let's face it the top crust of a sourdough bread is hard to beat and yeah that's my bread or sandwich take thank you so much for bringing this up in the mailbag small things like these really make me feel connected to people during the pandemic so I appreciate it a lot even if something really incredible consequential in the grand scheme of things thanks colton i want to throw something out here yeah (laughs) if there's a bad part of the bread you don't like don't eat it like so like i understand like like, saving the best thing in the meal for last forever and like sometimes but i'm not gonna throw away food i was not raised that way i wasn't either but here's here's the thing a lot of us are raised wrong (laughs) like let's let's a lot of us are raised poor (laughs) yeah but at the same time, like, there's a lot of times where, like, you're being forced to eat food that you're not even hungry. Yeah, where it's I, like, yeah, I agree. I don't want to eat this anymore. Also, because I'm just not hungry anymore. And so I, I think there's, there's a point where we don't have to, like, be governed by that logic of clean your plate. Clean your plate. It's like, yeah. nah. I've had, the, not I've had the best of it. I'm nourished. I don't think it's... I don't think it's the thing that it's bad. It's that it is of the two options lesser, right? The the lesser crust is the bottom crust, and the top crust is better. You're crust. spinning. I think if you're spinning your sandwich <laughs> around like a top to avoid having the last bite be crust. I would maybe just cut the crust off. Okay, but no. But what if you just want to eat? You do want to eat the crust. It's not you know. Not the wrong sometimes. Crust. No, he, I think I think that they I think that Colton wants to eat the whole sandwich. It's the, I think it's Colton the, is I think it's the same as like I like I, I like the side salad, but I, I you know I don't want to get rid of the side salad. I yeah, want right. to eat it. I just want to eat it first, so I can move on to the stuff right. that I like more. And so I agree. I, it I guess he needs a follow up. What? Yeah, how would need, he feel about cutting off that crust? Like, please let this, us know. Colton. Like, do you feel strongly about eating the crust, or is this like a wasteful food situation? And then I think I think maybe we might be able to diagnose this uh, more fully 
with some clarification. Also, is it just me or does the crust not, isn't that like kind of protective for your hands and getting like material in it? <laughs> what? Excuse <laughs> What? Keep going? The profile what? crust theory. Like, yes, lay it on there. It's protective. <laughs> the bread is thicker there. So like things tend to leak less if it's there than when it's not. Like, in oh, a, like an eyebrow situation. Yeah, almost. Like it keeps the, yeah. It keeps the, 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 the sandwich juice contained. So I'm scared I, I about this whole okay, eating all so the you're crust like, first. So if the <laughs> condiments are just soaking your sandwich, just inundating the bread. I mean, sometimes yeah. you got a Thank tomato God, in there the and the tomato's going to, you know, it's going to leak. It's going to leak. It's a fucking tomato. It's like 70% water. You walk, you walk water. away from your son. Your we live in a world that has sauces. <laughs> Oh. Keep your hands clean. <laughs> yeah, that's the point of the sandwich. Like walk, it kind of makes me a sandwich. If I walk away to go to the bathroom, when I come back, it's just it's just, just leaking everywhere. <laughs> it's just disintegrating. <laughs> um, I also have another not if the crust here. is still on. If the crust is still on there, you're good. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess so. I have another update here. Um, God, this is wow. Okay, actually, I hadn't. People, I just want to re say this. You have to use the word question in your subject or else I will not see your question. And I say this because I went to go get some clarification on the pickle situation. Mm. Was everyone here for the pickle situation? Yep. Patrick, did you miss the pickle situation? Give me a – I think I missed the pickle. What's the s- summation? What's the one-liner? Uh, someone bought – Pickles are a social construct. Oh, no, 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 no. I was here. Yes. What do you, what do, you pickles, do with pickles that are going to expire? With, they're about or, to expire. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, also, yeah. why are these pickles expiring so quick? You may have yes. missed the follow-up in which we learned there were two types of pickle in in Sweden – Called oh. a salt Gurkha and then a different type of Gurkha. Okay. I forget. Yes, I didn't. I missed this. Um, so, so uh, apparently, um, the, the the other type of just so you know, one of them is like a, what we would think of as a pickle, and the other one is just kind of like in a bunch of salt water. I want to say that like gives it some right. flavor and like does something else, but it doesn't stay good. Uh, from the Waypoint Discord, someone sent in a message <laughs> saying, "I sent in the original pickle question." Um, uh, and I'm apparently also from the same city as Jacob, who also emailed in. So hi, if you're here, uh, it was actually Burke Gurkha rather than salt Gurkha. I will say though, the salt Gurkha theory makes a lot more sense, but I did double check with my mother the other day and she said, one, it was Burke Gurkha, which is pickled. And two, she believes the jar was actually larger than two liters. I will say that we've never encountered this again. And I buy Burke Gurkha on a weekly basis. Uh, I will also recommend putting some salt Gurkha on ham and cheese. Sure. Totally. That sounds great. Absolutely. We also get some pickle clarifications because there was some debate. Uh, Patrick, I think you missed this one, which is uh, we weren't sure what the difference between fermentation and pickling was. Um, we, In my mind, a pickle is a fermented cucumber, but apparently that's not necessarily no. exactly yeah. true. HighGamingAdvice.com. That's okay. Sure. Uh, I'm a former professional chef who's read several books on pickles. So now is my time to shine and clarify some of the confusion about pickles in episode 380. Uh Pickle is a frustratingly inexact word in English. It can refer to food preserved in vinegar, food preserved in uh, through lacto fermentation, the process of doing either or cucumbers preserved through either method. Vinegar pickling is when you immerse food in a solution of salt and vinegar, usually also sugar and spices. Most supermarket pickles, including the divisive bread and butter, are of this kind. 
Lacto-fermented pickles are food that's been immersed in a saline solution around 2 to 3% salt and let sit at room temperature. This allows for lactic acid bacteria, LAB, to break down the food substrate and produce lactic acid that helps uh, preservation. In America, we most often encounter lacto-fermentation in sour or kosher pickles, as well as sauerkraut and kimchi, mm-hmm. though kimchi is often fermented for much longer and much lower temperatures. Lacto-fermented pickles often have much gentler taste compared to the vinegary bite of a vinegar pickle and are probiotic. Though vinegar pickles are are easier to uh, to heat uh, to heat treat uh, and thus are more shelf stable. To complicate things further, if you've been to a Jewish deli in the states, you might have heard of half sour pickles. These are pickles that are immersed in a brine like lacto-fermented pickle, but then refrigerated immediately and briefly. This halts fermentation, and so while they're delicious, mm. they don't have the shelf life of a lacto-fermented or vinegar pickle. That sounds like the salt gherkins the emailer mentioned. If you want to learn more about pickles and how to make them, I highly recommend The Art of Fermentation and The Gnome Guide to Fermentation. Thanks for all the great podcasts, Sam, in Chicago. Thank you, Sam, Hell for yeah. your expert pickle knowledge. I hope that that's brought all of us here into into some sort of uh, – uh, agreement on what a pickle is yeah um but now so if you that, intend to enjoy said pickles make sure you do it with a nice crusty bread so that you're <laughs> safe from the pickle juice <laughs> um uh. the the two other pickle solutions here one of them is one person says a pickle sauerkraut would just be relish which i guess that's yeah, yeah okay okay got me <laughs> pickles too pickles are loaded with sodium and any method of dealing with a two liter jar in two days would turn you into a pillar of salt <laughs> the only answer that doesn't end in blood pressure medication is to batter and fry those bad boys and stick them in the freezer anything else and you take your life in your own hands fried pickles in the freezer is an interesting solution and you just i wonder how they up? stand yeah up to heat up do you know what i mean right you gotta I like fried pickles it's gotta that's be a, good, a toasting a fun situation snack. right I guess you can I refry so. them in the pan. I mm. guess you could. Mm. Um, I've become finally, a big fan of refrying. Like that's become yeah, my go-to like yeah. reheating food method huh. for like wings and pizza. Sure, that oh, makes yeah. sense. Uh, last thing here from Josh in London. Hey, everybody at Waypoint. In reference to the two liter of pickles discussion on episode 379, I recently came across a quote from uh, an interview with Ursula K. Le Guin uh, discussing changes yes. she could make in her writing, yes. giving a chance, and thought it could be of use. Please see below. Uh, this is from, uh, someone asked Ursula K. Le Guin, who's a fantastic science, science fiction fantasy writer, just a fantastic writer in general. Um, uh, if you could make a change to anything you've written over the years, what would it be? And she responded by saying, in The Dispossessed, I would mention the communal pickle barrels at street corners in the big towns, restocked by whoever in the community has made or kept more pickles than they need. I knew about the free pickles all along, but never could fit them into my book, <laughs> which is so funny to have this world detail that's like, oh, yeah, in this in these these uh, communities, they have these big pickle barrels, communal pickle barrels, but uh, just didn't find the way to, to write that detail into the world. So mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. We should all start communal pickle barrels. I'm sure that oh, would yeah. be sanitary and safe. Absolutely. But I feel like we should They're do pickles. it. They're pickles. They'll be fine. <laughs> I wonder what happens if you mix lacto lacto fermented pickles with vinegar pickles. What happens? Never. never There's only one way to find out. (laughs) All right, experiment. Gaming (laughs) at vice dot com is the email address. Please use the subject uh, uh, question so that it gets properly filtered. Because otherwise, it gets mixed in with stuff like. This spam about doubling growth strategy and stimulating organizational vitality and this 
uh, this, uh, you know, media also, those are important work man thing. Very important work <laughs> emails. Exactly. Um, see, like, could you, I, could you this, forward me the stimulate growth strategy and uh, unlock yeah, work synergy thing? I feel like yeah, um, you need that for sure. For sure. See, there's like another Sonic one in here that I would not have seen if I didn't wow. click through. But now we're I, I'm already we'll have to save that for another day because we've already gone too long. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we will be back later this week with more Waypoint Radio. You can find me on Twitter at also underscore Walker and follow everything we do. Waypoint.vice.com, Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Where can people find you, Kato? At A underscore Kato underscore appears on Twitter. Rob. At Rob Zachney. Patrick. At Patrick Klopik. All right. Uh, thank you, as always, to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Until next time, and honestly beyond next time, fuck capitalism. Stay home. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right. No, the crust stayed on. The pod (laughs) juice did not leak out. They didn't leak out. (laughs) Uh, Let's do do 27. Ooh, I had to load the website as we were doing it. I was like, can I hit it? I'm not going to tell people that the website's loading. I'm just going to see if (laughs) I can. You got there. Come on, Comcast. Pay you enough. Hmm? <laughs>